Episode 7, thank you all for listening to Episode 6, Tiger Woods, Original King of Kings and Doctor of Thugonomics. I'm here with my co-host, Bearcup, and Brandon. Thank you guys for being here as always. Thanks to Wes Anderson for Moments in Time. Check him out on Wes Anderson Music on Facebook, and be sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Wes underscore Infinite. Thank you to All Wear Clothing, the official merchandise provider of Over the Line Sports Podcast. If you're interested in doing business with them, mention Over the Line Sports Podcast and the owner, Brandon. We'll give you a great deal on your clothing needs. And remember, that is not branded from the show. Thanks also to Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. Check him out on Facebook at Crandall's Quality Lawn Care. You can also call him at 419-704-5471. They serve the Toledo and surrounding areas. Mention Over the Line Sports Podcast, and Sean will give you a discount on services. Also, you guys probably don't know this, but Sean has just purchased land on 64 in Waterville. Has he? Yes. Where at? Right down 64 in Waterville. Well, that's what I'm saying. We're right. I mean, 64 is a long road. Yeah, 64 so. is pretty long. So, or can you not give out the. Well, in exact... Waterville, it's not that long. Where's Waterville <laughs> yeah, end and where's Waterville Township and White House that start? That's true. Is it like by Kroger? Well, no, it's by Sauters, but thank you. It is by one of the, uh, the marketplaces in our area. And what he is doing, he is in the process of opening a secure outdoor storage facility for RVs, boats, and more. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Prices will come soon, and he expects this to open uh, in the beginning of October. Good for him. Congratulations. Yes, I actually had the pleasure of seeing it today. He has a lot of work to do on it. He has a lot of mowing to do, so it will be interesting once he is able to get it up. Also today, we have with us uh, AJ from SWG Motorsports. Welcome, AJ. Hello. So thank you for joining us today. We wanted to, we had a few people ask about uh, motocross and action sports, and you are the person I know the most uh, that knows the most about motocross, motorsports, all those types of things, action sports. Um, kind of what I wanted to hear, I, I know the story behind it, I know these guys do not, but why you started the SWG Motorsports. Yeah, so uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me uh, tonight. Uh, the the reason behind SWG Motorsports was pretty simple. Uh, my grandfather started our family in racing, and uh, it was a great uh, family time spent together enjoying uh, racing. So uh, for me, uh, just put together two packages of my family and my passion of racing, and uh, we just are creating an environment that allows other families to enjoy the quality time spent together racing and uh, having fun. And now, is there any specific type of racing you guys are doing? Uh, yes, we have uh, we have kids competing in uh, local motocross uh, at Delta Raceway, and we have uh, several people racing uh, in the north central Weira region or north central region of the Weira uh, motorsport or uh, sanctioning racing, which is uh, all over from Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, Virginia. Uh, we we travel quite a bit. <laughs> And so I, I know you've got, uh, is there an age group specifically for the dirt bikes, the kids on dirt bikes? Uh, right now our team is uh, you know, composed of several younger riders uh, from five to eight. Um, we're also next year going to be doing some go-kart track racing with the same dirt bikes, but with the road tires on them. So we'll be expanding again, um, adding a few more riders, and it'll probably be in a similar age grouping, uh, you know, maybe five to 10, five to 12, something like that. Now, can with the, when they're five to ten, five to eight years old, usually when do you try to get them started out there in riding dirt bikes just to get ready for actual competitive racing? You know, well, I started my son before he was walking, but uh, yeah, it just depends. Uh, you know, a lot of people you know wait to see if their kids have interest in something fun like that, and then you know they go out and spend four or five thousand dollars to 
you know, to see if the kid's going to like it. And, and what we try to offer is an opportunity for people to come out and try it. Um, we have, you know, a dozen helmets and, and extra gear for our kids that we loan out, um, loan out our bikes so the kids can try it out, see if it's something they're going to like. Um, and we even, you know, rent our equipment uh, for different events, uh, you know, people's vacations. You know, I have one friend that has uh, four boys and one dirt bike, so he rents a couple of my dirt bikes and enables them to all go ride together and have fun, you know, a family bonding trip without uh, – know how to take turns yeah so if uh, anybody's interested in renting some of your equipment uh, is there a place that they should contact you yeah we have a facebook page uh like i think everybody else nowadays it's swg motorsports uh, on facebook um, and that's got all of our contact information on there you can also reach me at ajgust208 uh, at gmail.com um, and uh, you know we can help you get be going the right direction good good there's no underscores or anything in there oh no oh no just aj G-U-S-T-208 at gmail.com and SWG Motorsports on Facebook. Now, um, I've had people ask about motorcycles. So not so we'll shift a little bit before I get into some other questions I have for you. But in the, in the motorcycles, I know you have a couple guys that ride motorcycles competitively. Um, what, what type of bikes are they? What size of bike? You know, how fast they go? Anything? Because this is new to all of us. This is something we don't know. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I have... Uh a young guy uh, racing uh, one of my bikes it's a suzuki uh, sv650 and uh, that bike you know comes uh you know from the showroom floor in what we call naked condition there's really no body work on it you can see the motor everything's exposed and so for competitive racing we need body work on it to you know keep any fluids that may leak out um contained so we put like a jixer body work on that um and then we can you know he can compete uh, on the road course races and i also have a honda 600 um cbr 600 rr which is a you know another production made bike you could buy at Honda East or, or, or Championship Power Sports um, that that we race all over the country. Um, both bikes you know um, they're completely different. One's a, a V twin, the other one's an inline four cylinder. Um, they make you know the Honda makes twice the horsepower that the Suzuki does, but on the track they run about the same lap times. Um, the Suzuki can handle a lot higher corner speed. Um, the, obviously the CBR does a lot better in the straightaway. So I think, uh, you know, one of my riders, Matt, I think he's reached about 165, 170, depending on the racetrack on the straightaway. Um, and then the more exciting part with the road course racing is the corners. You know, everyone likes to think the top speed is exciting, but, uh, the G forces that we experience and the corner speed, uh, it's like riding a roller coaster. You just never get back in line. You just continuously ride. Um, and, and that's what makes it the most fun. Now, uh, wh- did you yourself actually race for your team? Yeah, I, so I've been racing about eight years now. Um, this last year, I've taken a little bit of a break and moved more to a general manager, crew chief role. Um, it, you know, next year, I plan on doing a little bit more racing and, um, and you know, getting back in the swing of things. And, and ultimately, eventually, you know, my goal is to someday you know, race with my son you know, at the same weekend, same track. So uh, obviously, he's four, so i got a few days to wait for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, we're working on it. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, when we do the go-kart track racing, it's a full family event. Uh, you can have kids starting at five years old and, you know, adults, full adults racing on, you know, CRF 100 dirt bikes with street tires. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that next year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, AJ, I have a question for you. So you let pretty much anyone who wants to come in and do that. Now, would you train them if they wanted to ride, if they were a beginner, never gotten on a bike, never seen a dirt bike before, or were you looking for a little bit more experience? I know with the, the you know, the younger kids, obviously, you probably have to train them up a little bit, but... If someone 14 had, you know, some sort of interest in dirt bikes and wanted to do that, do you train them up? 
Yeah, so we um, we do we do offer that as a service. Um, you know, full training from someone that's never rode a bike all the way to someone that has some experience that wants to you know go to the next level. Um, and there's several organizations that we partner with for that purpose. Um, we're actually uh, in conversation right now with uh, with uh, some people that own the facility that is going to enable us to possibly do, you know, some introductory training to where we have people out maybe next year um, for a few hours that have never gotten the bike, you know, kids, families, where they can come out and do that for, you know, essentially free. Um, awesome. And then we'll have some uh, also some instructional time after that for kids that are racing that, you know, need some help with their skill sets. Um, and then ultimately that night would also include some racing. So it's, you know, trying to, we're really trying to show everybody the opportunities. Um, and if, you know, if you like more sports, you know, there's so many local tracks that have things going on that you can get out and be part of and see. And uh, every, every place I race at, everyone's super friendly. Come up and talk to them. Um, just last weekend, I was pit crewing for a friend of mine in Pittsburgh at the Moto America race, um, pro race there. And, you know, every pro level rider is approachable. You know, everybody just wants to grow the sport and, and they know how much family uh, time can be gained from that. And, you know, we're more about, you know, creating an experience than, than just, the, you know, spend a bunch of money for a travel team, you know, and I love stick and ball sports. I, you know, I've been sports athlete my whole life, but you know, when you can go spend a weekend with your, your family and it's all family time doing something together and building an opportunity for something together, it's, it's pretty special. And I, just to speak of stick and ball sports, yes, AJ is an athlete. I have played sports with him since I was a tyke. And I will tell you right now, don't play him in basketball because he will make sure you don't win. So I appreciate that. I think I played volleyball with AJ once a few years ago, and I think we were on opposite teams, and I you know, got spiked on a few times. So, yeah, I, I can I can attest for that. Probably not as much as you, but, um, yeah, I've, I've gotten beat up a couple times in volleyball, I recall. Uh, I, I've played with him a lot, and then I soon realized in backyard basketball that fouls do not matter. So he's like, oh, yeah, we'll play to 21. You'll get to 20. You'll never see 21. And I'm like, what does he mean? And then I remember I got close one time, and I finally found out why I will never see 21. <laughs> he showed me why. Did you have a shiner after that? No, I did oh, not. Okay. Just I, curious. I just was never getting close to the basket. I couldn't even get a three. There was nothing was happening. It was impossible. Um so one of the things that I found interesting that I have seen, because you, you mentioned the family, by, ugh, excuse me, the family dynamic, and I know how important family is to you. You're very much a family-oriented person. Um, what, are, what I found very interesting is kind of what you did, I think, within the last month, what you did for the kids after the race. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so uh, uh, some friends of ours, uh, Brian Flory with uh, FCA of Ohio, he approached me last year and said, hey, you got this huge uh, semi. You know, we think it'd be cool if we did a, a family movie night after the racing one night. And I said, heck yeah, you know, no problem. So, you know, we did it last year. Uh, we've done actually the last two years. And it's, it's a great opportunity um, for us. You know, after we get done racing, we, we put away the bikes and get out a projector. And we throw a movie up on the side of my semi. And, um, you know, the kids all hang out. We eat popcorn, have candy. And, and it's, you know, we watch, a you know, usually it's a motor you know, motorcycle related uh, video or movie. And uh, it's just a great time to hang out and have fun and, and you know, just socialize and be together. Um, and every racing organization I've been part of is, it's like another family, you know. Uh, and, you, you know, you travel all over the country or with most of these people and, you, you know, anything you need help with, they're there to help you just like a regular family would because everyone wants to see you at the racetrack and, and competing against each other. 
Absolutely. So now when you are, do you have ultimate, like, I know you've got this thing started off the ground. I've watched it, you know, since the, the conception of it, but have you, do you have an ultimate goal for your racing team? Do I have an ultimate goal? Yeah, I, I guess uh, I have several goals between now and then. Um, you know, in it, to me, it, it really is just about helping people um, and, and watching their families grow from from this experience. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, we're going to have a team competing at a pro level. Um, you know, it's probably going to happen next year, to be completely honest with you. Uh, and most people think that's the goal, you know, get to that level. Um, but, to, but to me, I mean, it's a lot of fun racing at the pro level. Um, it's a lot more excitement. The racing's a lot closer. Um, but, you know, it's just as much fun, you know, sponsoring a local kid. Uh, this year we picked up a kid for the last two races. He broke his leg in the first practice of this year, and he's been out there cheering on everybody all year long. And so, you know, I, I signed him to a deal for the remainder of the season. He's got a few more weeks uh, that he can't ride, and then he's maybe going to make two races this year. So, you know, I told him I'm paying his race entries and helping him any way I can just because of all the support he's given everyone else all year. And, you know, that's what we want to do ultimately. Um, we want to grow with sports, not just motocross locally, uh, but road course racing um, in general. Uh, it's just uh, there's a lot of opportunity to get involved and, and have a lot of fun. And and one more story I want you to share because I found it fascinating when I was following – I follow your Facebook page is that gentleman that put a video up um, – that I think you let him use one of your bikes, something had happened and he put a nice plug for you guys, like stopped on the side of the road and plugged you guys. Yeah. So, uh, I guess it was a few months ago now, um, you know, a fellow racer of mine, uh, that I've competed with for several years. Um, he blew his motor up in a practice round, a uh, practice weekend. And, uh, he was scheduled to go to VIR Virginia the next weekend to race. And, called me up and he asked me if I was going to Virginia and I said no and he asked me if my bike was available I said yes and we uh we spent two nights getting it ready to go for him to take you know to Virginia to race it and uh and yeah he did he did a very nice video he, he posted up on Facebook thanking us for the opportunity and and he actually ended up Josh ended up racing that bike for me uh the next four rounds or four races um he pitted with us and raced that bike for us while his bike was uh, being repaired and so I mean it's kind of what it's about you know um you know, we have several sponsors with Autolite and Fram and RBI Insurance, um, Spec Sales, and, and you know they want people seeing their their logos. And anytime I get an opportunity to to do something that's going to promote them as a sponsor, then I'm going to do that. And um, you know, loaning out a bike, um, you know, to a friend, it went down and represented those sponsors. You know, in a race that uh, you know it's what three, four states away. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. one of the things I was going to ask you is who, who do you have as sponsors? And I'm glad you, you covered that for us. Uh, one of the other things that I, I think about with your motorsports team is this is what, this was the second year doing motorcycles on track. Was this the second or third year? No, it's for your actual team. You know, the team is actually, t uh, it's actually year six for the team. Oh, um, really? Okay. And every year it's, you know, it's grown. And so, you know, it started out uh, with me, then my friend, you know, I added riders, close friend of mine, um, and then uh, then I added my nephew on the motocross side, and I added my teammate's son, and then, you know, this year, you know, we, we added to Curtis, and then Josh a little bit, and then I signed Trey, and, you know, so yeah, this year probably has grown more than in years past, um, but, you know, in our fleet, I, I own uh, nine racing motorcycles or, or dirt bikes, you know, so... It, 
it's there's room to grow some more you know um and that's the goal for next year i'd like to have maybe two more bikes for next year um in two or three more riders now with uh have you won any championships your team yeah so the team is has won two championships last year uh matt won uh c superbike stock i believe or you know, superbike championship and then uh my nephew won uh, the big bike four-stroke uh, kids class out of delta last year awesome and this year we're looking at uh, uh two more championships uh maybe three uh, right now curtis is leading the championship in points um with weira but he uh, hurt his back uh, a few rounds ago in pittsburgh and he won't be competing anymore this year so we may get lucky but uh, we'll see now I, I don't know how they do it if it's like NASCAR or anything else because, like I said, this is new to us. So that Curtis is hurt, can somebody else ride his bike and gain points for him? No, no. So it's the points are for the rider, not for the bike. Um, we've had the bike entered with other people riding it, but uh, the, the points follow the rider. Okay. And to kind of, I, I know. Thank you for all the information about SWG Motorsports. Like I said, it's been interesting for me to see it, you know, come along and everything happen along the way. And I've been out and been able to see. I've not been able to see any of the motorcycles, but I've seen the motocross side of it, and it, it's just fun to watch with all the kids out there and watch them learn. Watching the moms watch the kids crash, and I'm thinking they're going to freak out. And <laughs> sometimes they do, just depending on how the crash goes, but. It's, uh, it's pretty neat to see it. it. Like you said, it's a family atmosphere, and, and that's pretty cool to be a part of. Um, uh, we had a few people, specifically one, Jake, I will throw your name out there, ask a little bit more about action sports, motocross, supercross, those things. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between what motocross is versus supercross? Yeah, the difference between motocross and supercross is pretty simple um supercross is raced in a stadium it used to be in a dome now they're this last few years they've opened it up to some outdoor stadiums but it's in a stadium uh setting motocross is more natural terrain it's uh usually you can't watch more than you know five to ten percent of the track from any one viewing point whereas supercross you can see the whole thing from just about any seat in the house uh, supercross requires a lot more um I think a lot more skill set from the standpoint you have to time all the all the jumps and, and things where you can't just go as fast as you can go. Um, it takes a little bit more uh, technique, um, and the track's continuously changing, but they're continuously fixing the track through throughout the night. Uh, where motocross, you know, once they start in the morning, it is what it is. Um, so they get some really nasty three, four foot deep ruts that they have to navigate through across. Um, you see bikes getting stuck and you know riders crashing because the bike. Is hitting the ground um, so it's a bit different uh, you know racing style but most of the same guys do both um, you have a few people like uh, Chad Reeds for one that you know is going to strictly supercross he did race just a national here recently outdoors but most of the time he's just racing supercross you know they find a style that fits them better and they stay with it but um, but yeah it's pretty extreme either way you look at it so when it comes to supercross and motocross, who would you say is the best rider of all time? Oh gosh, the so best rider of all time? I don't think I could give me a speak top three. <laughs> you know, in my in my lifetime, you know, I've watched uh, a lot of great riders. I think probably Ricky Carmichael is probably the best in that time period. Uh, you know, I watched him up in up in Detroit in the old Silver Dome. I don't know if you guys ever know what that is, but yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> um, he crashed so violently his head bounced off the ground and his visor ripped off and he got up disoriented got back on the bike and passed everybody and won the race and it was Jesus. it was something special um but 
you know, there's a lot of great riders. Uh, uh, you know, Ken Roxon is one that is, you know, watching him race a motorcycle is, is or a dirt bike is phenomenal. Um, he really puts it on, lays it all out there. Um, and, of course, Eli Tomac has been doing great here the last couple of years. Um, maybe he doesn't push as hard, but he's very consistent. Ryan Dungey was awesome to watch, very consistent, put a lot of heart into it. So, uh, I don't know, other than Ricky Carmichael, um, no, I did. there's one person I didn't hear you mention who Brandon, all he did was talk about today was Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, Jeremy McGrath was awesome. Um, you know, he he won a lot of races. Um, he just didn't have the style that the rest of the guys have. Um, you know, he he kind of came through at the right time. I think, you know, uh, watching Jeremy McGrath was awesome. Um, of course, he rode for Honda, which I'm a little bit fond of. Uh, he did a great job. But you know, when he came to battling with, like, Ricky Carmichael uh, – he kind of retired, you know, so who could have, you know, know what it could have been if it would have been on longer, but. And that's what I was going to ask you too, AJ, with Jeremy McGrath. I, I think he had a video game out at some point. He always seemed like he was the guy, you know, everyone's heard of Ricky Carmichael, but it seems like Jeremy McGrath was always the guy everyone went to. So it kind of reminds me, if you had to compare him to a NASCAR guy like Dale Earnhardt Jr., he didn't win a lot, but he was most popular. Would that be the case or not really? Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, McGrath had a lot of fans, um, for sure, um, he did win a lot of races though too. So, okay. so, so he would be like Earnhardt. Yeah, it just you know he kind of senior. Yeah, let's be clear, senior. Maybe I guess you could compare <laughs> if you wanted the NASCAR ways, but I, you know, Jeremy's deal was like I said, you know, he was he was at the right time. The he was in a time period where the bikes transition. That's that's the part that most people don't understand when you watch motorsports and whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of things going on that most people don't understand. Um, and with dirt bikes, it it was a transition to the suspension. So Jeremy McGrath was the first one to really go fast on the new suspension. And then, then it transferred to the four-strokes. And then a lot of guys struggled. They couldn't handle the four-stroke. It's a different power band. Things are different. And so now you start to see guys like Ryan Dungey, guys that figured out that power band and did really well on it. Um, and now, you know, two-strokes are making a little bit of a comeback, they say. So we'll see. But you really have to, you know, Look at the period of time. Um, you know, right now, if if Jim McGrath got on the bike and Ricky Carmichael, they've both been retired for years. Uh, Ricky Carmichael's going to hand it to him pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I like now, that. Now, what about? Uh, I know one that people talk about a lot is Bubba Stewart. Is it pri- Is it primarily because of race and he brought that into motocross, or uh, he did have talent? I know that, but what would you say like brought him there? What made him so popular? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Bubba Stewart was fast. You know, I mean, that's that's the thing is in the same way Ricky Carmichael was. They both had the same style where they kind of hung off the bike and the bike was bouncing violently underneath them and they just kept, you know, kept it pinned and kept going through things. And so he was exciting to watch. Um, the difference between Ricky Carmichael and Bubba Stewart was probably that Ricky Carmichael didn't crash very much, where Bubba Stewart always seemed to crash. Like um, in times when he didn't need to, he'd be way leading the race by a whole half a lap and he would crash, you know. Um it just comes down to that riding style, but you know, with with Bubba Stewart, um, I think he just was a maturity thing. I don't think he was mature enough to be as popular as he was, um, as success or successful as he was. Uh, he just didn't handle that portion well. Um, his brother's doing a lot better now as he's matured. I think Bubba Stewart would be way better right now, um, you know, more matured. So, kind of like Tiger Woods, I, I like to compare it to Tiger Woods to golf. Tiger Woods obviously brought you know, the African-American population more into golf and wanting to watch golf, be 
become part of golf and you know he he was so good mm-hmm. and Bubba Stewart was kind of that name too do you kind of think he did the same thing for motocross you know I I don't know that it might have um I, you know he never really you know and it was never really a racial thing with Bubba Stewart whereas I know like with Tiger you know the media made a big deal that um you know and, and I maybe guess somebody some did with Bubba Stewart but he never really did um he just came out because he loved racing motorcycles and that's that's what you really see. You see the guys that do really well. You know, they just have the passion for it. Um, and, and Bubba Stewart had the passion for it. He just, you know, he got caught up in a lot of the nonsense and um, the fame brings. And, and you know, unfortunately, the motorsports community is a lot tighter than some of these other ones. And, and just you just know, can't afford to do that. Yeah, we we see a lot of you know with the racial divide. Of course, we see in this country at times still and. Um, kind of how they play up a big deal for certain people playing certain sports. So I think like Bobby Stewart with motocross, Tiger Woods with golf, P.K. Subban with hockey, you know, you see it all the time. And uh, it, it's just good for me. I like to hear about it, stuff I don't know. Um, if I'm learning every day, that's a, that's a win for me. So uh, quickly, um, give us a little insight of what you think just overall, because we've talked about Travis Pastrana in the past. What do you think of him? I think right now everyone should uh, get uh, tickets to go up to Redbud and watch him here in a, f- a few weeks. Um, he's going to be racing up there for the um, uh, what is the, the, the Nationals. I, I, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I always was a big fan of Travis Pastrana's. Uh, he's, he's another guy that's really super fast, super talented on the bike. Um, unfortunately, God built Travis Pastrana about a foot too tall to race motorcycles, and you know that's where he struggles with things, but... Uh, you know he's uh, he's a lot of fun to watch, and, and I think all around just a great person to have in, in the sport. Yeah, I, I I was fortunate enough to meet him once, just quickly for a few minutes, because we were we were doing his merchandise and selling it, and he showed up to one of the several shows that we were there selling, and kind of what he's put together there is unbelievable. It's like it's just watching a a motocross circus when you're out the Nitro Circus, hence the name, but it is it is phenomenal to watch. Anybody could see. Uh, if you're a fan of that or not, it's just it's a spectacle. Watching these guys do double backflips like it's nothing. I remember he was, I think, the first guy to land a double backflip in competition, and that was a big deal then. I know when I think I was a kid when the first backflip was done, and you were telling me how big of a deal that was on a bike, and now it's just normal. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird, too, because for me and myself growing up, watching those guys um, exert the effort and energy to learn how to do those tricks, I felt silly because i was always into racing um but at the end of the day i mean it takes a lot of talent to do that and um i think what travis has built with the nitro circus and um you know his traveling show is is it's okay to do things differently or be a rebel you know when you do things the right way you know he's another one that's a huge family guy um you know, he takes care of his people and he creates environments for them to do things safely um in a very dangerous sport and so for that i have a ton of respect for him i think that um it'd be interesting to see how he does in this race i'd love to see him do well um i'd almost like to see him come back i don't think it's it's going to happen but uh but yeah he's it's a great uh, great guy for the sport so quick I, I have two more questions besides this one quickly uh the whole spectacle of evil live was i mean there was no doubt he was making those jumps and landing every one of them correct yeah for sure i mean that you know, the bike, they made it look the same, but it was completely different, you know, internally. Um, you know, they have a lot more technology in that bike than, than Evil had. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
unfortunately as a society we want to see people crash so it's worth our attention to, to see but uh you know Travis is way too talented of a guy to to have a mishap so you know I I don't foresee him ever having an issue with uh, something that he's gonna do especially on that big of a, a stage perfect all right so two different questions kind of off off the topic of motocross but since we've talked a little bit about NASCAR I know you don't watch it as much as you probably used to but today, who would you consider the top NASCAR driver current? Oh, currently, I, I think Kyle Busch is. Um, you know, I, there's a few of them that really they can really drive anything. But uh, yeah, I've watched about uh, five or six races this year, parts of five or six races. And, you know, seeing uh, all of those races, he was pretty dominant. And I think there was about three or four guys that won all the races this year. Yeah, him, Harvick, and Truex. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, when you look at those, and all three of those guys are great, great drivers. Um, I, I, I've just seen Kyle win or do better with less machinery than others yeah, ever. He, he did know? that last week at yeah. Bristol. I don't know if you caught yeah, the end of that. I did. He had no, he had yeah, no they had, car. They had to hold the fender so he could put gas in it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at. He's, he's talented. All right, and then lastly, uh, I, I know you're a Michigan State guy. Um, you know, you kind of press that in the family. So, uh, Michigan State, how do they do in football this year? That's a great question. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't. Even, I haven't even been looking at it, paying attention. But uh, you know, they're uh, yeah, okay, ten to two. I think that's what I'm predicting. Though, hey, Michigan State's always a crapshoot. That's why I love being a fan of them. Uh, you know, they lose games they should win, and they they win games they should lose. And so, uh, you know, they go out and play every down. And I think that's that's what uh, life's about. And for me personally, it's. I'd rather root for a team that doesn't have a chance, you know, on paper to win and go out and beat somebody. That's that's pretty exciting to me. So, if you had to make a guess, who's winning the national championship this year? Uh, you know, if I had to guess right now, I'd say it's going to be Ohio State, so they can cover up the whole Meyer thing. But that's just <laughs> my biased opinion. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate. It. I never thought you'd say Ohio State, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, again, thanks for being with us um, and telling us about SWG Motorsports and your sponsors, RBI Insurance, Fram, Auto Light. Who are some of the others? Uh, Spec Sales and Bowling Green, uh, OGO Gear Bags, GoPro, uh, Liat Neck Braces. Uh, I think I said. Yeah, well, that's quite a few sponsors. So yeah. it's pretty cool to see what you've built there. And, and again, thank you for joining us. We we appreciate it. And and one more time, AJ, just for everybody, um, I'll end up getting this on the uh, Facebook and Twitter page. But just your your Facebook for SG or SWG, excuse me, and then your email. Yeah, it's SWG Motorsports on Facebook, and uh, my email is ajgust two zero eight at gmail com. Excellent. Thank you, AJ. Thanks thank for you for joining us. Now that we're able to talk about motocross and some other things with AJ at SWG Motorsports, again, thank you for joining us. We are going to get into our normal weekly routine and talk about golf. Bear, what do you got for us? So last week with the Northern Trust Open, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, 18 under was the winner, got 2,000 FedEx Cup points, ended up shooting 63 on Saturday, didn't really look back from there, ended up, uh, I think, winning by four over Tony Finau on Sunday. Pretty much just, um, you know, put the pedal to the metal. I, I think that he was, Finau was within two at like 14 or 15, but DeChambeau never really looked back, ended up winning by four. Um, you know, some big names are up there. Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka both at 11 under. DJ was at 10 under. You mean Kopika? 
Oh, yeah, sorry, Copica. I should yeah, have let, should have let Brandon say that. Actually, we wrote that up on the board, Brooks Copica, just so Brandon, Brandon asked, what, what does KO mean? Somebody get knocked out? Did, did he Did he miss the cut? I don't know. I wasn't watching this weekend. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Spieth, my pick, ended up finishing tied for 25th after an absolutely disappointing Sunday. Shot a 64 on Saturday to put him. I think he was four behind the leaders, five behind the leaders in really good shape. It ended up shooting 73 on Sunday and just ruined everything. He should have been top 10. Tiger ended up with a blah week, made the cut on the number. Um, he just couldn't putt this week. He had 16 missed putts within 20 feet. Wow. He's been on and off with his putter lately. It's it's really disappointing. But his driver game's back on. So this just week we were just talking about how it was off and everything else was on. Exactly. I, I feel like that's only he worked on all week, and I know he's had putter trouble. So now this week I'm sure he'll be putting great and then can't drive the ball again. So. Right. Now, uh, quickly, uh, just to talk about DraftKings. So, just to give you an idea, Brandon, because you don't do it, I had four twenty-three in one lineup in my my just pick 'em lineup that I thought these guys might do well, and I had four twenty-eight in my statistical lineup. And what does that mean? So, I had four hundred twenty-eight points. I won some money okay. in the four hundred twenty-eight points, but I didn't win money with four hundred twenty-three. And Deshambo was in my four hundred twenty-three lineup, but since Xander did not make the cut. I only had five guys playing on a weekend. I so heard you. in my statistical lineup, though, everybody made it. My statistical lineup was two seventy one. I had three missed cut. It was it was bad. Um, not a not a really good week. McGirt, Chapel, and Schwartzel all missed the cut. I had Kucher, Spieth, and Day all make the cut. So my low end guys were not very good. Of course, the one I didn't do any research on, I put up four hundred four. Only had Duffner miss the cut, which is a little bit unfortunate. He missed it by a stroke. If I would have had him come through, I would have made some money because I just and, barely missed the money line. On and that. that's what happened with me with Xander. Xander missed the cut by one. And, you know, I probably would have been in some more money with everything else. And then my pick lineup would have done better than my statistical lineup. Yeah. So, like you said, though, I mean, you you can't win every week. You're going to have right. your hot streaks. You're going to have your cold streaks. After, of course, I talk so much about having a hot streak. Now, guess who's on cold streak? Yeah, it would be me. Well, I was happy you taught me to study because my statistical lineup made me some money. So we still made some Good. money, uh, Jason, if you listened to Gary's picks last week. I think um, I, I talked to Jason a little bit earlier this week, and I think he had five or six go through. He didn't make money, but he missed the cut by like, or he, I'm sorry, not missed the cut. He missed the money line by like, he was the second or third off the money line. So oh. DraftKings gave him a free entry to this oh, week. Oh, really? Awesome. So it's like he's playing for free again. Yeah. So he's not too mad. And this week, since it's Labor Day weekend, the Dell technology starts Friday, which means he's going to be able to use our picks this week again. So awesome. we give him another chance to make some more money. Um, just to update the FedEx Cup standings, one through five, DeChambeau is your new leader. DJ dropped a second. Justin Thomas is third. Tony Finau fourth. Brooks Kepka, or Brandon as you would say, Kopika. is fifth right now. Um, Phil went up a spot to 10th. Tiger dropped five spots after uh, not so great to 25th. Okay. This week, Dell Technologies open. The top 100 are here at TPC Boston. A um, little bit behind the course. It is a fairly easy course. Um, looking over the last 10 years, I think the lowest winning total is like 13 under. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of birdies this weekend. Um, it's not. It's only a 7,200-yard course. It's it's not that long as a pro. Yeah, I was about you to know. say, you're saying all this stuff where we would shoot 10, 12, 15, 20 over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a par 71, so it gives them an extra stroke to work with. Justin Thomas won this tournament last year. A couple guys have... Um, you know, won it twice. Rory's won it twice. VJ Singh's won it twice, who won't be in the field, so it really doesn't matter. 
Ricky won in 2015, but he is not playing again this week. Oh, really? So, <laughs> yep, the obliques keeping him out. Rory didn't play last week in the Northern Trust, but he will play this week. Um, Tiger Woods here, uh, five of the last nine starts since 2006, he's been in the top ten. So take it as you will. I would not be surprised if he is you know, up there again, as we just talked about, his erratic putting with great driving and iron play. His iron play has been solid for the last six weeks. I, I think that um, you know the putting he'll work on this week. Hopefully, he finds something and um, you know and he gets there. Like I said, he's only one or two missed shots away. Like I said, sixteen missed putts under twenty feet. You know, if he makes ten of those over the weekend, you know he's right in that tournament. He's not winning it, but he's top ten. So we'll see what he can put together this week. Um, Billy Horschel finished third, made the biggest jump in the FedEx Cup from 41 to 14. So with this week being a Friday through Monday tournament, being Labor Day weekend, you know, I, I think it should be a good tournament. Um, it'll be nice because this will probably be the last tournament that I can watch with football now starting. So we'll be able to watch, um, you know, a little bit of Sunday and then obviously Monday since nothing else will be on exciting. So I'll watch the end of golf. But there will be a cut this week again, um, and then the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings will advance next week. So what will be the, the cut this week? How many will get cut this week then, if so there's 100? So it'll be the same. It'll be 80, which is normally the cut line. So okay. there'll be 20 people cut. Um, like I said, Ricky isn't playing, so he, you know, there'll be 99 guys. They don't fill spots. Ricky will still make the top 70 no matter what. You know, I think he's still sitting in, like, 21st, so he'll drop another 5, 10 spots, but he'll still be able to play, which he said he should be ready to play next week. Um, so hopefully he's back. You know, it's, it's good to have him in there, and I really think that, you know, it's good for golf to have Ricky there, and I think he'll be back from this oblique injury. And are they – now, do they – Kind of with the playoffs, uh, I hear that next year they're kind of switching up the FedEx Cup playoffs. Is that right? I don't know, to be honest with okay. you. Um, I didn't look into it. That'll be a job for Stat Guy. I think that if he's still alive or I don't even – I don't know where he's been. I, I thought I heard he was hanging out with Brandon this weekend. Don't know why, but, you know, maybe he felt sorry for him or something. I didn't see him at all. Maybe he was behind me. <laughs> why would Stat Guy be behind you? Yeah, what were you doing with Stat Guy? Like, is he playing hide the sausage? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it is what it is, buddy. Anyway, with uh, with golf, so Bear uh, or Brandon, uh, what are you thinking? Do you have any some kind of sneaky picks this week? I know you're big on the sneaky pick. You got any guys up there, not necessarily your pick for this week, that you think might do well? Um, I don't really have anybody that I think is going to – I mean, not. I don't have any sneaky picks this week. I'm just going to give you my pick right now. Okay. Um. It's you know back well back with Tiger you know I I just don't know what was going on with Tiger like you said he he couldn't putt at all this week but he was hitting the fairways, um, so we'll see how he does this week I I can't pick him again you know according to our rules so yep. I'm gonna go with a twenty to one shot right now Jordan Spieth okay he's playing inconsistent little uh, roller coaster last week he did put a sixty four in round three hopefully he can play four consistent rounds of good golf this week, but, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Jordan Spieth. All right. It's a good safe pick this week. Um, I don't see him winning the tournament, but, you know, he'll be up there top 20 for sure as long as he doesn't have another crappy Sunday, which it seems like in his last few tournaments has been happening. Um, to get a little bit more in-depth on DraftKings, you know, looking up course history, um, I did it a little bit different this week. I went with top-tier guys, mid-tier guys, and low-tier guys. Um, just looking back, 
the top tier guys I love this week, obviously Justin Thomas. I mean, being defending champ, you know, he's going to be up there. Tiger, um, Tiger, 9,700 on DraftKings. And I'm sorry, Justin Thomas was 11,400 on DraftKings. So he's still not most expensive. DJ is still ahead of him. But I'm, I'm avoiding DJ this week. I love Justin Thomas, love Tiger. My upside pick is uh, Rory. And I know I said I'm not going to pick him to win a tournament, but winning twice here in the last, eight, you know, six years, sorry, not eight years, six years, you know, at, at 10,006, it's not a guy to, it's, it's a good guy to put a flyer on here and get him in a lineup if you have a couple. If I'm doing just one lineup, which I am not, I actually have two lineups. We'll probably make a third. I don't have Rory yet. I will have him in one lineup, though. Um, my mid tier guys, Phil at 8,200. 8, like, you got to have Phil. He, he played some good golf last week, shot 68, 68, 68, and then I think 71 yep. on Sunday. Pretty consistent from him. Um, Paul Casey, 7,900. He's been up here the past couple of years um, in this tournament. And, you know, he's, he's a guy who plays some decent golf, so I wouldn't be surprised if he was up there. Same thing with Mark Leishman. I think he finished second last year at this tournament or two years ago. Can't recall which. But, you know, at 8,000, he would be a good guy to have in the lineup. And then my low-end guys, I, I absolutely love Kevin Na this week at 7,400. He's playing good golf. He's up there. For some reason, he just shows up in the FedEx Cup. You know, he has good finishes here, a few top tens. So Kevin Knott, 7,400, is like an automatic plug. I will have him in every lineup this weekend, all three. I will probably start around Kevin Knott and build from there. Adam Hadwin at 6,900. Pat Perez at 6,900, two guys I like down there. Um, and then my last guy who everyone looks over every single week, he's a very good golfer and for some reason is this low, gets looked over. Daniel Berger at 7,200. I mean, those guys, you know, if you if you pick two of them and, and fill in with some of the mid-tiers and, and uppers, I have a feeling you're going to have a really good week in DraftKings. So um, I, I'll just kind of go over mine quickly. Some of the similar top guys that you have, mid-tier guys, low guys, um, Rory McIlroy, have him in there, two-time winner. Uh, Adam Scott, who has played consistent here, he has a six top tens at TPC Boston. And then um, another one that's kind of going low or, well, mid-tier at only 8,400, Patrick Reed has finished third, fourth, and fifth in the last three years. So I definitely have him in the lineup. Kevin Na, who you mentioned, I have him in my lineup. Uh, Cabrera Bello, he's only running at 7,300, so had to get him in there. And then, as you already mentioned, I know he's kind of hurt, and he withdrew from a previous tournament, Hadwin. Uh, but Canadian player, I think he will do well this week. He's only going at 6,900. And I think he just finished top 15 last yeah, week he as did. well. He played good last week yep. in the Northern Trust. So you got to go with the hot hand, especially in golf. These guys, you know, they, they come around, and it's not that most of the time, I should say, you know, they're not playing really well one week and then just fall off the map. They play real well for a couple weeks and then fall off the map. So Hadwin. Not not playing so hot before. Had a good week last week. I, I like him this week. Yep. And uh, who? Sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. No, I was going to say two quick questions. Um, is this the same sponsor, same course as it's been previous years? Every year they play TPC Boston. They do, okay. but this year it is a Delta. At the last two years, it's been the Dell Technology. The ten, fifteen years before that was the Deutsche Bank. Okay. So and they then, they just changed. Okay, and then kind of go back on on last week. Um, we saw uh, a reemergence of Phil. Last uh, week, we saw that he was up there. Did he just fall apart in the fourth round, or did, was just so competition he was just consi- playing? He was consistent one through three, and then round four, he's like com- Bear said, he shot a 71. Just, just so much better? Uh, nobody was catching DeChambeau. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Um, Thursday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, the, the course, I don't know if it rained Friday night, but it played really easy. A lot of guys shot really low on Saturday. 
Sunday, the course, you know, got a little bit warmer. It stiffened out a little bit. So that's why, you know, that's why the scores were a little bit higher on Sunday. You know, Phil, I think he still had a good round regardless. To put together 368s in a row is good. He's been not playing. His, his golf has been very, very bad, very inconsistent lately. So to put together 368s, it means he's about to be coming around at the right time, being and, a grizzled vet. And he had 80-something points, I believe, because I had him in my lineup of pick him. Uh, you know, people, and, and he was just like, I, I remember texting you guys and just saying, hey, he's seven under right now, and that was in round two. He was, at the time, four under for the second round, and he, he was three under day one, but then he, you know, ended, he ended up bogeying. bogey in the last few yeah. I saw after you said that, so you are the jinx of Phil Mickelson, so. Hey, it, it's okay, because he still got me some points in my lineup, and at 7,300, he did well for anybody that played him oh, at 7,300. Absolutely. If you're playing someone at seven, if you're playing anyone under 7,500 and they make the cut, I mean, it's going to happen, but you should feel happy about that if you get six through because that's just a bonus right there. Absolute bonus. Absolutely. So who do you got this week, Bear? So this week I have a guy who has also won here and has played well here, Um, someone who I didn't think I would ever pick, especially with four weeks in the playoffs and and wanting to stay safe. But I am looking at the board right now, and I am a long, long way away from uh, first place right now. I caught up. I'll catch up a little bit. We haven't done the averages. I'll catch up a little bit, finishing 15 spots above you guys last week. But this week, I'm going to go with a guy who I think will finish top five. I have him in two of my three DraftKings lineups, and that is Henrik Stenson. I'm going to just say good pick because I hope it jinxes you. Um, <laughs> but I, I really struggled with my pick this week because I was going back and forth on you know Adam Scott. He's been playing well lately, six top tens, like we said, at TPC Boston. Uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, actually, excuse me, fourth, fifth, and sixth the last three years, not third, fourth, and fifth. But he's not been playing hot. And then Rory, of course, who won in 2012 and 2016. So I'm going to – this is just picking him now. Earlier I said Adam Scott, and then I said Reed. Give me Rory. I'll take Rory this week. Um, I think that, you know, he won in 12, won in 16, didn't make the cut last year. He's about due. He's got to catch up in the in the points as well. So just give me Rory. Yeah, I thought that too, but that didn't really work out for me either. Don't get don't get me wrong, though. The first two rounds and he's at about 8 under and you're feeling really good and then he shoots even par, even par in the weekend and, and finishes, you know, 30th. You'll understand my pain. Oh, and then I'm going to feel bad, especially when Patrick Reed finishes top five again. Yeah, probably. And then, uh, you know, maybe Adam Scott gets a top 10. So, uh, again, those are our picks this week. Jason, get your lineup in before Friday. Check it out, and uh, hopefully you can win some money this week. NASCAR, Brandon, can you tell us a little bit about what we have this weekend? Yeah, we're uh, racing at Darlington on what's the, Sunday night. What's the nickname for this track? Uh, you told me last week. Lady in Black, yeah, come Lady on. Lady in Black, there we go. Um, and you call yourself so, a NASCAR fan. Well, we, uh, we learned earlier from AJ, thank you, AJ, that Kyle Busch is the current greatest driver. I didn't know he'd say Kyle Busch, but I know he, he – AJ's loved Kyle Busch since, you know, back in the day when he was with Hendrick and kind of the whole forced out thing. But anyway, go ahead, buddy. All right, well, yeah, we got the uh, Sunday race, um, Sunday night race. It's at 6 o'clock, the Bojangles Southern 500. You ever eat at Bojangles? I have not. Either have I. I was just curious. Yeah, I thought it was Gary, a chip. have you ever eaten at Bojangles before you steal my combo? I have not eaten at Bojangles, but it sounds fun. What kind I of food do they have? I thought it was a have? chip, but maybe it's I a think, restaurant. I think it's like chicken. I think it's fried chicken. It's oh, like, like a KFC. Well, it's southern, yeah, yeah, and it's southern so, thing, so that makes Popeye, sense. something like that, yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, pretty excited about this race. I, I look forward to it every year just because of the paint schemes that come out, the retro um, uh, paint, paint schemes that come out this year and the way that they broadcast it. 
Um, I think uh, past couple of years they had Ken Squire on there for to do uh, a stage last year, and that was awesome. And um, so also, who is that? I'm sorry. He used to he used to broadcast NASCAR races back then. Oh, back in the, oh yeah. yeah. Did you say Billy Billy Squire? I, I thought the same thing. No, Billy Squire. Ken Squire. Oh. Ken Squire. Um, Ned Jarrett too was with him last year, so that was fun to see. Um, but yeah, we got uh, Darlington. Um, I don't know. I just want to get right into our picks. I know. Do you want to hit on last? Uh, oh no, we did. We didn't have a race week. last yeah, week, so right. yeah, we can make NASCAR quick this week. What do you got this week? Yeah, I got Brad Keselowski this week. I think he's going. He's won a couple times here. I think. Um, I think he's going. He's been struggling this year, but he's going to get the win this week. Bear. Um, before I go into, since I actually did my research this week, unlike some other people at the table. Um, you know, Jimmy Johnson has three wins since 2004 here, which is the most, more than any other driver. I thought about picking him, but I just... Uh, Chevy hasn't done anything this yeah, year. Yeah, that would just yeah, be a bad tough. pick. I, I would yeah. not be surprised if you and I have the same pick. Also, before you go on, I forgot to say, William Byron is going to be rocking the rainbow car this week. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, shocking. Rainbow Warrior, rainbow car. Yep. Rainbow Warrior Junior, here Jeff, we come. Jeff Gordon. So are you rooting for him over Chase this week? No, I still want Chase, but I'd oh, love to geez. see Byron you know, run the top five. Unbelievable. Then what, what was the point of even saying that? Because What's, it's, is, a, it's wait, a Rainbow Warrior car, man. Is is Chase going to rock the McDonald's car so, this week? And does it have the flames? No, I don't think so. That's does it have the flames then, that Rainbow Warrior? No, no, it doesn't. No, it's just the – well, that's boring. Yeah. Who you got? <laughs> um, so Hamlin has two wins here as well. I'm not going to – he's not my pick, but I'm going to go ahead with the rest of my research since I've wasted my time to do it, it sounds like. Um, last year, he swept Xfinity and NASCAR. So, Hamlin is officially the, uh, you know, big dog right now, guy to beat. And um, he did win in 2010 as well. Now, I had a question for Brandon. Why – what would they call this track lengthwise? Mile and a half? Yeah, I think it's a mile and a half. Well, the track's only 1.36 miles, so it doesn't make any sense. So can you explain why they would call it a mile and a half if the track's only 1.36 miles? I don't think they're – it's just easier to say. I don't think they're going to be like, hey, it's, you know, it's 1.63 miles. They round up three, yeah. three rounds up to five, so uh, there you it's go. It's usually they call it a mile track or a mile and a half track. It's stupid. So. And right. it's 501 laps. So do you think anything's going to happen on that last lap? Oh, absolutely. What? I want a prediction. I, what? I, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be fun. That's all I know. Okay. I, I, it's going to be a fun race. I was just trying to get you involved here. I am involved. Oh, okay. Well, because you weren't in our first segment. Yeah. Thank you so graciously for sharing your mic. Sorry. We tried to get you in on that. You were too busy killing the uh, the bugs yeah. that make their way into the garage. I was. Bear, did you give us a pick? Okay, so I finally get to my pick after pushing it off here for a little bit just to make you happy. Because you were you were still thinking, weren't you? I hope No, I have it written. I've had it written down <laughs> since Monday. Um, I am going to pick Kevin Harvick. I okay. Think, I think nice. uh, I think Harvick is uh, you know a good pick this week. He won in 2014. Um, he hasn't won in a couple of races, so it's going to be a Harvick week. Yeah, I thought we were doing NASCAR last week. I forgot that they um, were taking the week off, or I think I forgot that we weren't going to cover it. So I picked uh, Brad Keselowski and I stuck with it. So I think I thought about Kevin Harvick. I thought about Denny Hamlin, but and I also saw, like I said before, Jimmy Johnson win those three back then. But um, he's just he's not having a good year at all. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to stick with uh, Brad Kozlowski. All right. Well, uh, you, you kind of hit on my pick. So I'm going for my third poll in a row, but hopefully they, you know, finish first and not get in the poll. I know that was just bad. I'm going for the third fastest car to start first in the race. Uh, so this guy has uh, the last three races. He's finished first, third, and fourth. You already mentioned his name, Denny Hamlin. Give me Denny again. Sounds like 
Hamlin probably going to wreck this week now after all that good juju. So. Yeah, well, I hope not. So, I'm sure he will. It's okay. And, of course, like you said, look out for the big three, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex. I mean, they're – they're just running hot. They and is this the last race, or do we have one more after this before the playoffs? I think uh, no. I think it should think be have, should be one more. Should, yeah, I think we have one more. Michigan. Oh yeah, no, we have uh, Brooklyn. I, I mean uh, Brickyard. Oh yeah, we have Indy or not? Not yeah, the Indy Brickyard's 500. Next week. For Brickyard four hundred. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why is it running in September? I Isn't that no a July idea. race? Yeah, it's usually July twenty fourth. You know, around there. For some reason, they pushed it back. But huh. yeah, that's it's the last race before the okay. playoffs. Um, I think the first race of the playoffs is Martinsville. Yeah, it usually uh, yeah. is. And that'll be good. Um, so next week will be the last week we can pick anyone over and over again, and then we get to do, like, the golf thing here and go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see once Gary picked Kyle Busch the first week and can't use him again. So we're going to find out. It's going to be a good strategy. I won't pick him in week one. i got to pick him for the last week because you know he's winning that title. Anyway, so. No. <laughs> yeah, title number two. So let's switch gears more into football. Bear, give us an urban update because I know we're going to have a rant from Mr. Brandon over here. So, Bear, can you please give us the update on Urban Meyer? So, finally, this is over. It seems like it's been years and years and years, and it's been, what, three weeks, I think? Um, You know, Urban is going to get a three-game suspension. He is suspended totally the first week, um, this week upcoming. And the next two weeks after that, he is suspended from coaching the team but he can do practices, he can game plan, he just can't be there Saturday. Now, I didn't look, and I do have a serious question. Can he be in the booth? or is he? I know he's not a lot on the field, but he can't be in the booth at all. He cannot be in the stadium at all from what I um, So just, just Saturday, he can't be in the stadium? Yes. Okay. And then the rest, the other two weeks, he can be in the booth? No, that's, no, 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 no. He, that's what I'm asking. He, I, can, he can't be anywhere this week. Yeah, this week. Yeah, all. we know yeah, he, he can't coach then, or anything. But he like, can game plan. But Saturday, game two and three, he can he practice. Cannot, he cannot be on campus. Right, and then games two and three, though, he can practice with the team. Yeah, is he able to be in the no, building? He cannot be. He can't be on campus. Okay, even for week two and three. Yeah, got it. Okay, so for now, the game. Yeah, for the game. Yeah, for the game. So now, so now with that cleared up, um, you know, just to finish off, I think that three games is a little bit ridiculous. They all met. You know, he did his. I think he did his time. Uh, whatever findings they had, I guess they think that was wrong. Gene Smith also is out till um, you know the 16th of September, which I'm pretty sure is that third week as well. Uh, it just it doesn't make sense to me. I felt like they're just punishing him to punish him now at this point. I'm um, just trying to make a point. I think that everything was getting out or everything was out there. Everything was correct. He didn't do anything wrong, and uh, I think that three games is a little bit ridiculous. Whatever, it's three games. He you know it is what it is. He's going to be suspended these three games without pay. He's been on administrative leave with pay here for the last three weeks. So, so be it. Whatever the case may be, I'm just ready for all this to be over with and done. After these three weeks are done, I don't care anymore. I'm done with it. Whatever other investigation crap comes out there, I heard something about Zach Smith going off on Twitter. I didn't even read it, didn't even care to read it. It's over. It's done with. I'm done with it. It's time to play football. I'm ready for football. You know, there's nothing you can do now. There's nothing to change it. Uh, whatever the NCAA ends up doing, I don't think they have anything else. This investigation's already done. If the NCAA does anything more, who really cares? Because they're crooks anyway. So screw the NCAA. They, they, you know, they're just money grabbing people, and they don't do the right thing. And I think they know that. Okay. Well, thank you for your rant. And uh, Brandon, I know you've been telling us that you wanted to talk about the athletic director of Ohio State. Give your opinions on everything going on. So please, the Notre Dame grad. 
This yeah, I, I the, don't care if he's a Notre Dame grad. This platform is yours. Are I'm actually go- going to back away because I'm going to let you rant. I'm not going to say a thing. I'm going to let you and Bear go at it. If Bear has anything to say, well, I, I want to nope. say my piece because nope. I let him talk. The floor is yours. Floor is and yours. Then buddy. He can he can answer. You know, he can call me an idiot or whatever. I don't care. That's right. <laughs> say whatever you want, buddy. This is you. Okay. So what I have what I have a problem with, and what which I think is wrong with a lot of people is when it comes to sports. When it comes to our sports teams, our our sports figure, you know, anybody that's affiliated with our sports team, our morals get thrown out the window. And what I think is with this whole investigation with Urban Meyer, which I don't think is done, the NCAA is going to step in. Um, whether they're crooks or not, they will step in. Um, what I have a problem with this is when they went up there and they gave that whole press conference, it was all about Buckeye Nation. They were apologizing to Buckeye, apologizing to Buckeye Nation. They, they shouldn't apologize to Buckeye Nation. They shouldn't have been up there and being, oh, we're sorry, Buckeye Nation. We put you in this mess. We're sorry. Oh, my gosh. They shouldn't apologize to Buckeye Nation. They didn't once say her name. Whether you agree with her or not, Courtney Smith was never apologized to. They could have started that off with, um, I'm sorry, Courtney Smith. I apologize to you and your kids. We're sorry we put you in this situation. And that never happened. And Well, it did later. No, it Urban it, it, did. It did a day later after he was getting pounded by everybody in the media to, to say something. Well, it's kind of ridiculous, and, though, that he has to say something to her, too. I mean, Well, he, he should, because when you walk in, the thing that I have with Urban right now, and I, I used to be an Urban fan, I really did, and when I, when when you, and I, you can do whatever you want, Barry. No, I said let him go. I, Gary yeah, was interrupting. Yeah. I said let him go. Yes. So what Sorry. I have a problem with is that when he, when you walk into that football building down in Ohio State, the first thing that you see is honesty. The second thing you see is treat women with respect. And the next is don't do drugs, don't steal, don't cheat. So two of those things is is what they did wrong. They they weren't honest. Urban Meyer was not honest. He he shouldn't have given he shouldn't have given um, Zach Smith the benefit of the doubt. Like he admitted, he shouldn't have given him special treatment. There's no reason to do that. I know that he's Earl Bruce's grandson. I know I know Urban was, you know, being respectful to uh, Bruce Smith. I mean uh, Bruce Smith. Earl Bruce, um, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't have. He shouldn't have given the benefit of the doubt. And what I think the evidence is out there. He choked her. He even admitted to it. And even Urban's wife even has has brought up Texas to him, saying that she is afraid of what was going on. This is back then, of what was going on because he was having these arguments with her. He was being, you know, he was being, you know, really aggressive and all this other stuff. And what I have a problem with is, like I said, if he would have just, yeah, if he would have just came out and admitted to it, Urban Meyer, then this whole situation wouldn't have, you know, blown out like it did. But what I see, what I have a problem with, and like I said when I started this off, is that when we have someone that's, or a team is going on, you know, with, in trouble or something, our, moral, our morals get thrown out the window. And I can even admit it because when Nordame was going through that whole cheating scandal back in 2012 and 2013, you know, when they had somebody doing their homework for them, you know, I said, oh, my gosh, you know, who, who hasn't asked somebody or who hasn't leaned over during a test and be like, oh, hey, what's that answer? Oh, answer C. OK, I'll go with answer C. You know, my I can even admit my morals even got kind of thrown out the window a little bit because um, I didn't want to see them lose, in which they ended up. They lost, you know, they lost like 21 games that were, were taken out of their record and stuff. So when. You know, everybody's talking about, and another thing, everybody's comparing this to Penn State and all this other stuff. Of course, it's not the same thing when it comes to the crime that was committed. You know, abuse among children is, 
is different than child, I mean, abuse among children is different than domestic violence. They're both serious, um, terrible crimes. But you have to think that when this whole situation went down, especially with Penn State, what did did we see? We saw Joe Paterno give Sandusky the benefit of the doubt. He's been with them for 35 years. He didn't believe it. You know, he didn't, you know, he he wasn't worried about it. You know, when all this stuff was going on, you know, all he was worried about the next week playing Illinois or something. So this whole thing with Urban Meyer when it comes to back to Ohio State is that he didn't want to believe it. He didn't want um, he didn't want to he didn't want to fire him. He didn't want to upset Earl Bruce, who was his mentor. And um, you know when they when he went out and he gave that press conference, I just thought it was you know he just stood up there. He looked up maybe once or twice. Didn't even I mean he was just reading off his thing. And like I said, all he had to do was just admit, you know, all he had to not admit, all he had to do was just say, hey, I'm sorry to Courtney Smith, um, you know, and the children, my condolences, you know, for this, and you know, this thing that's going on right now. And that didn't happen. And, you know, he sits up there and he blames, you know, memory loss or something. And I get it. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. I understand that. But, you know, when, if I'm brought up something that's huge like that, like I know somebody who's beating on their wife or something, I'm going to remember that, okay? But he, he goes up there and he says, you know, he's blaming memory loss, but he's going to go sit there and remember, I can remember on a Saturday when we were playing Purdue that when it's third down, they run a cover two. You know, it's that, that, that was kind of hard to believe. And the whole thing with Courtney Smith, I know everybody's saying, oh, well, she's, you know, she's a liar. She just wants to get him in trouble. You know what I think happened? I think when this all went down back in 2009 or whatever, when it first started, I think there was abuse. I think he, you know, beat her around a little bit. She went around, she probably told somebody, and they, you know, she was nobody believed her. Like, oh, it's Earl Bruce's grandson. You're, 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 you're in such a good situation right now. You're married to coach. You're making, you know, making a lot of money. Yeah, everything's fine. You'll be okay. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, it probably happened again, you know, and then same thing happened again. Nobody probably believed her. So then I bet you, you know, it happened again a third time or something, whatever. And he, and she's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to screw this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to freaking try to get him any way that I can. So I just think, I mean, this investigation is not over. And when I, and I was mistaken, I thought when I first saw this, I forgot that Ohio State was doing this investigation. And when I finally realized that they were, you know, because I, I said, yeah, maybe half the season he'll get suspended, maybe a year. You know, he could get fired. That's the worst thing. But when I realized that Ohio State was doing this, they weren't going to fire him. They weren't going to fire him at all. They weren't going to take that pay cut, because I mean, that, that pay loss. Because they would have to write him a check right there for $34 million because they would have fired him with no cause. So and then they would have to bring in another top guy coach and, you know, pay him a bunch of money. So I knew right th- right then and there they weren't going to fire him. So I just think this, you know, this this isn't going away. And when I give my Big Ten preview, I think it's going to show this year. Um, but, yeah, this investigation, it's not over. And, Barry, I'll give you the floor. Like I said, you can call me an idiot. You can say whatever you want. Um but yeah, go ahead. Before you give Bear the floor, I did you have anything more to say about Gene Smith? Because I know you were you were really gonna you said you were gonna go off about him, and I wanted to see if you had anything about him too. I just think that this is the second biggest scandal that's going on with him right now, especially with Jim Tressel. You got and you know he's it's he's not just the football director; he's the athletic director. And you got stuff that I can't remember what happened, you know, with Thad Mata. You had something going on with him. You got something going on with your wrestling program right now. You got something going on with your diving program. There's a lot going on in Ohio State right now. And I didn't do my research on that, but I did hear about it, you know, through many sources. So I didn't hear the full story of what's going on. But 
I don't care if he's a Notre Dame grad. I don't care. Urban Meyer, you know, used to coach at Notre Dame. He, he once said Lou Holtz was, you know, his admirer as well. So I don't care if they have Notre Dame ties or not. I just, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see uh, Gene Smith lasting any much longer, maybe after this year. And I, I think, I think, honestly, I think um, Urban Meyer, I think this is his last year as well. I wouldn't be surprised, but now I'm looking forward to Bear. So, Bear, go ahead. Um, before I start this, at no point do I think you're an idiot because, one, everyone is absolutely entitled to their own opinion. So, at no point, I actually enjoy half of that, and I agree with you with most of that, and I'm be dead serious. What I don't agree with you with is that this is not Urban's last year. Um, I, I do not agree at all that you think that he should be fired or anything. Uh, now, I do agree with you that, yes, he Oh, should. I don't know. Let me, let me, I'm sorry, I'll cut you off. I don't think that he should be fired. I think. After this, from what I saw and everything that came out, I think at least six games, maybe the full year. But I don't think he deserved to get fired. No. Well, you just said he's not going to be there next year. So what do you expect? I think he's going. I think. The, I think the pressure on that 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 this is put on him, and I think you know the whole health scare that he had. He only coached at, at Florida. He's never been at a program more than four years. He was with uh, Florida for six years. This is his sixth sixth year or seventh year right now. I think the pressure is going to mount on him, and I think he's going to be done after this year. I, I don't think so. Um, I think he came home for a reason to coach here for a long time, whether whatever happened here or not. I think whatever happened back in 2010, um, in my opinion, like you said, I don't have the facts. This is my opinion. Just like I just said, everyone's entitled to their own. I think Zach Smith did hit Courtney Smith. I, I think that is absolutely factual. I think what happened in 2015 was more of a, I don't want to say misunderstanding, but from all the evidence that's out there from the Columbus Police Department and everything else that she called the cops 66 times, most of which intoxicated. She is known to be intoxicated. She has DUIs. Her own mother came out and said that she tried to bury Urban with facts and texts that are there that she wanted to bury Urban. Now, whether or not because he didn't say anything in 2010 or not, I mean, at, at what point would he want it to do? Did he sweep it under the rug in 2010? It sounds like it. In 2015, he told the person he needed to tell. Gene Smith did not do his job. So once again, Urban Meyer can't go over to his house, go over to Zach Smith's house and stop his fists. What, what, what's he going to do? Well, it, he told his superior he did his job. No, I understand that, but from you know, and I saw a lot of this on social media as well. The coach has the power to fire somebody. The coach has the power to hire somebody. So all this time when I was seeing you know stuff like. Oh, well, Urban Meyer didn't hire his coaching staff. The university did. Well, yeah, the university approved it to get hired. The coaches, the head coaches go out there and get their own coaches, and they know what's going on, or they need to know what's going on. They are they are the head guy of that whole football team, just like a supervisor is of their team or just like a manager is of their company. Okay, so in that case, then, he should have just been fired in 2010 if he found out, if he knew about it, whatever the case may be then. But in 2015, there is no evidence that Zach Smith hit his wife then. In 2010, yes, there is. That is a fact. In 2015, there's not. No one really knows what happened. So, except them. And except for other things that come out and she said, he said, all this other crap. I think that in 2015, Urban did his job. Maybe he should have cut ties with him in 2010. I, I totally agree with you. And like I said, there's a lot of that rant I do agree with you with. I don't, you know, the whole press conference thing where he didn't apologize to her, her family, everything along those lines. Yeah, you know, how he said it, you know, he forgot and this and that, or he should have been more sentimental. I've, I don't know, even with Urban Meyer won the national championship with Ohio State, that it was very sentimental. You know, he's had the same demeanor he always has. So a lot of people have that same demeanor, and that's what they base everything off of, and that's how they talk. You know, whether they're excited, they're sad, they're mad, whatever the case is, a lot of people keep that same demeanor as they go. So 
whether or not that was ridiculous or not, I don't know. At the end of the day, it was three games. I think it's three games too many. I think he served his punishment after doing the correct thing. I think Gene Smith should be the one to go. I think he will be gone here very soon. There will be a new AD in town at some point, whether it's next year. I don't know when his contract's up or any of that stuff. I think Gene Smith will be gone here very soon. I totally agree with you there. And they need to move on from that. You're right. They need to figure out what they do because obviously the AD isn't doing his job and and, and someone needs to take note, whether that's the, the president of the university, whether that's the board, I, I don't know how all that works. But after an investigation with, you know, mainly women on this thing that they found out, it was kind of, well, Urban did the right thing, but he still lied to the media. So we're going to give him three games. Mm, something's a little bit fishy there. I think that it was just a, hey, let's give him this punishment because... You know, we, we should, because if we don't give him the punishment, everyone's going to go, well, he should have got this and that, just like they did. And you're right. Football is football. Life is life. They're, they're two separate things. You know, uh, you got to have morals in that certain case. And, and I agree with you there. You know, I, I don't, like you said, we've said this a million times, you know, we, we don't condone domestic violence, and that's not what it is. And it's not all about football. If this was Les Miles when he was coaching LSU, I'd have the same exact opinion if one of his assistant coaches did it. At the end of the day, even though as a trusted person, he did not hit or harm a woman. So I, I don't understand why everyone's making him out to be this martyr that did something, you know, wrong. He did what he was supposed to do in 2015 and told his boss. Like I said, there's only so much you can do at this point. Maybe he should have fired him then, maybe in 2010. Like I said, I don't know. We don't. I don't think we have all the facts. I still don't think so, even though this all investigation went out. I don't think all the facts are out there. I think there's both sides to both stories. So be it. It's over with. We're done. You know what? It, let's play some football. I, I just think the, the problem that most people have, and from what I've been hearing in the media, and you know, we always like to criticize the media, but when I hear it, you know, from multiple, multiple, multiple people saying basically the same thing, and there was people saying that you know, it's time to move on, but I think what the problem that people have is that even these text messages that his wife was getting that he knew he he was aware of what's going on and i know that he reported it but to know that he didn't fire him or take action right there and that he even admitted to give zach smith the benefit of the doubt special treatment that's what i think is i think that's what everybody's getting blown up about that's what i kind of got blown up about at first last week um seven days exactly but i just think if 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 the facts, if he was actually given the facts and the act, he was actually received, another thing is that that I don't think this investigation is over is they want to see his text messages. And he was even out there saying, and I know nobody wants to give up their phone. I wouldn't want to give up my phone. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's, you know, it's our personal, it's our personal stuff. But if, if he's on the record saying, how do you delete text messages from over a year ago, a year ago, I mean, the, the, there is a law out there saying that you have to, you have to overturn information like this. And if he deleted it, I mean, that's that's going to be a problem. Um, well, that's not. See, now I heard something totally different. I heard that he has just after X amount of text messages, his his phone deletes because that's what people do when I, they have a full phone, especially I, when you're Urban Meyer and there's probably a lot of people texting. Well, I know, but I, I, I came across something that and from multiple, you know, when I mean multiple, I mean like two or three. Brett McMurphy? No. Oh, okay. Because saying, he's not a reliable source, by yeah, the way. Saying that or reiterating that he asked somebody through a text or something. How do you delete texts that that are over a year? So whether he set up his phone or something like that or not, if he did do that and he deleted all these text messages, I mean that's that's even that's even be if issue. you even if you delete text messages, 
You can still get them. You can still I get mean, them. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't personally, I don't think this investigation is over. I think it's going to kind of stick around for a little bit. And the NCAA can step in. I don't know how much they can do, regardless if, you know, we think that they're crooks or not. And, you know, they are. They have their, you know, they have their shady moments, a lot of them. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to, you know, we'll get into our Big Ten preview here in, like, you know, a couple of seconds. But okay. I, I'll let you know that this, I think it's going to hurt them a little bit. And I'm, I'm just going to finish up with this right now. Um, Zach Smith was, what, arrested in 2010, Right. Right. But not in 2015. Well, he was in 2015, but not because of that. He was arrested because of um, he was breaking the too uh, many dildos. No, no. Um, what is the restraining order? Oh, they broke thing, the restraining yeah. order. Well, so, I was just talking about all the sex toys he had that came out. Well, yeah, it, that was, was yeah, a big that's, deal. that was really weird. But that's the other thing. Yeah, she came out, and who cares? That's not my point. The point is, and I want to finish this up and get into our Big Ten preview. My point is, if I, which I would never do, if I beat my wife. My employer cannot fire me unless I am arrested. You know what I mean? Well, my employer can't do anything. They well, don't know what I do at home. Your employer can fire you for anything, they but can, you they actually, absolutely cannot. Yeah, you are in Michigan, so it's a little different. But yes, but uh, I'm saying that if, if Ohio's that, an at-will state, I can fire if, anybody for any reason I would like. You look at me wrong, I can fire you. If I there's if, nothing about it. If I, but I'm, my point is, you just told me I'm just saying that you cannot be fired. I can fire you for whatever I want. Is what I'm telling you. Well, then you just as go an to employer, court, so. You Maybe. I mean, yeah. Sir, as sir. long as I have proper documentation, exactly. I won't if, go you to don't, court. if you don't document anything, if I have, you can't do if anything. If I have a you documented, do yeah. Well, yeah, you can. I can still fire you, so you'll get unemployment. If, yes, if, that's how it works. We just went through it. I'm telling not. you right now. Absolutely not. You will just get unemployment. Wrong. That is what will happen. I'm telling you. I just went so through this a, case. If I'm, a, if I'm a good employee and walk into work every single day on time, and you just walk in one day, oh, you're fired. No, absolutely you cannot. That is yeah, absolutely false. I could fire you. I could come up with anything. Well, then you, as long then as you I would get fired because you wouldn't have a job. You, but that's I just said that. You don't have documentation. How do you know I don't have documentation? I just told you that. Just because you walk in every day and you're on time, I, I don't just, have documentation? I just told you that. You just told me that I don't have documentation. Exactly. So as an employer, you just know I don't have documentation. I okay, have. so what did you document me for since I'm a stud employee? I'm just saying. Do that's my point. So you don't have anything. That's my point. You can't do that because then you go to court. It, it is an at-will state. Way. I'm telling you, you should go look at the rules here. I don't need to look at the rules. I'm telling you, if you don't have documentation on it, there's nothing you can do. You, you, are, can, you are saying I am documented. You're, you're just saying that right now. I'm just telling you. I don't even have to document. I can it's, fire you. It's my hypothetical, and you are putting stuff into my hypothetical. Well, I know. Okay, I'm just telling you, get, as an employer who has been an employer, a business owner, and is a top tier at the company I'm at now is that you can be fired just to be fired. No. Okay. Yes, you can. Okay, you can. I'm telling you. And what you can do is unemployment. Go look up the law right now. You will All win right. unemployment because I don't have documentation. So congratulations. You have well, unemployment that I already have to pay into. Congratulations. Well, not, not only do you not, not only do I have unemployment, then you are now out of a job because if you fire me without documentation, I just take your ass to court and I go, okay, why am I getting fired? And you said, oh, there's no reason. I just wanted to fire you today. Okay. Well, then I, you get fired. And then I, I want just you get to a, look up at will state. I just get a great look up at will state and you'll get what you I want. I know what there. an at will state is Gary. I worked in a Ohio, I'm telling you, you don't just walk into a place and just fire somebody. That's okay. just not how life works. Okay, Sorry. we're talking. We're talking about uh, actually, you know. We're and if you about, did, you're a terrible boss. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about you know, kind of two different things here. We're talking about when it comes to a coaching staff. Well, I, Gary made can, it a different thing. You can fire. You can fire any coach you want, whether and you really can, no matter how you want to justify it or not. They they're under contract. They'll get their money. But you can fire. You know, he could have fired him whenever. He could have said. 
you were on that recruiting trip, you know, back in 2014, you, you went to a strip club, you're fired. That's, that's breaking our rules. That's breaking, you know, he well, could have done that. Well, that's, so, so saying that's, that's, that's totally, different than what Bear and I are talking about. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's totally different. You guys are talking about firing someone just because you wanted them fired. We're talking about you firing a coach because of what he actually did. Zach Smith's still going to get paid because he's under contract. So regardless, you're getting you can, in, in college football or in the NFL, you can get fired for just you know, freaking blinking the wrong way at somebody. And I'm telling you, they're under contract; they're still going to get their money. So you can sue them all you want, but all I'm saying is, you guys had a great argument. I, you know, that's that's awesome. I learned about the state of Ohio. I didn't know that, um, but yeah, in college football or in the NFL or any sports, you know, you can fire somebody for anything. They're under contract; they're going to get their money. All right, so let's get into actual football now and get off of the rest of this crap because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's over. It's done with. Yeah, I'm just besides whatever the besides whatever the investigation of the NCAA has. But no, I am. You know, we talk about football. We've been talking about football for what four weeks now. We've been doing our previews. Like we're three days away. This is it's it's real now. College football, baby. We're actually one day away because I think tomorrow Northwestern plays Purdue. They do. There there has already been games. Yeah, and there has but. Nothing who, except. Who really watched Ohio, uh, Hawaii and Colorado State? Well, I would have. Yeah, that's I was about to say, you probably would have. I would have. Yes, you probably I have a whole, I'll watch a whole a back, stat sheet of what yeah, happened. I'll game. watch a backup pickup, you know, pickup football and game. I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited for Northwestern Purdue. I mean, this was Ohio State last year. They started on a Thursday night. Um, so this is, you know, against Indiana. So it, it's exciting. It's Big Ten play. I mean, you know, it's not my team. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan State. It's not Notre Dame. we got to wait till Saturday for that. But – well, Fo- Friday for Michigan State. That's what I'm looking they're, forward they're to. They're Friday night? They're Friday night. Where are they playing? Utah State. They're playing again on Friday? Yeah, yeah they played last play- Friday, right? A couple of Fridays the last few years, have Yeah, they, they have. Yeah. So before we go into that, though, I kind of want to give a shout-out to some of our sponsors here. So All Wear Clothing, we need to thank them for what they're doing and the merchandise we're going to have here next month. Looking forward to getting it. That banana hammock's going to be coming. Yes. Yes. Looking forward yes. to it for, for Bear here. And uh, also Crandall's Quality Lawn Care, uh, as always, if uh, this is now – Leaf pickup season. So if you have something for leaf pickup, make sure you give him a call, 419-704-5471, and be sure to look out for his new outdoor storage facility that will be fully secure. I mean, isn't just, isn't this just the best time of the year? We're talking about leaves, picking up leaves. We're talking about college football. Say it. Pumpkins, say it. Say it. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice you is say. at the gas <laughs> station. I had a pumpkin spice coffee the other day before I went. Uh, before you know, you know I what? This is an at will podcast, and we're firing you right now. Yeah, <laughs> say, pumpkin <laughs> say pumpkin spice one more time, and you're done. And That's fine. So, uh, just a great time of the year. I'm so excited. This is awesome. So, let's get into football. Big Ten preview is going to be coming at you here shortly with Bear. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Sid the Cicada. He has joined us this evening. Thank you again for showing up to the podcast. Who's shown up more to the podcast, Sid the Cicada or Stat Guy? Um, probably Sid, but I, I think Sid makes more noise here than Brandon does. So I just want to throw that out there too. Except you did get your rant in, so that was probably the most yeah. I think we've heard you talk on this podcast. Yeah, there you go, Jason. There you go, buddy. Jason said, "Get in there, Brandon," and he'll, you did. He'll still probably critique it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Sid Cicada is here, but Buddy the Fly is not here. But Marty the Moth made a presence. How'd that go? And oh, he's gone now. What happened? Did he's I mention gone. Marty the Moth to you? Did I tell no. you about him? Oh no. yeah. No, Marty the Moth. Well, he made a presence. I think you might have got him, but his uh, his oh, other I got him. his other his <laughs> his other families they're all ironically named Marty the Moth. So they're just going to go take their time machine, that DeLorean, go back in time and come back to the future and attack Brandon on every podcast we have. So Sid the Cicada, Buddy the Fly, Marty the Moth, all coming at you. Bear, can you start us off with the Big Ten preview? 
All right, so Big Ten preview, East and West. East is always stacked for some reason. I can't wait until they end up realigning one day. I don't know why they haven't. I mean, it's you got Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan, you know, in that conference. Four big dogs, and then I feel like in the East it's Wisconsin and Iowa. Well, what are they going to do, kind of go back to what it was, legends and leaders or whatever? Because East and West is broken up geographically. I don't think they'll break it up into but, anything else. But Yeah, but legend, I think legend leader, leaders, what, they moved Michigan over and yeah. sent someone else. That was when they added Nebraska, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the East, I, I'll go ahead and you can call me homer all you want, and I should have made them 12-0. and I did not. I made them 11-1, and losing to Michigan State late in the year is – as much as that pained me to do, I did not. I want uh, Ohio State to And that to game go. is in East Lansing. It is, and that's why I picked Michigan State to win. I think that Ohio State, you know, will dominate this year. I really do. Uh, distractions or not, the kids may be – I don't think they're distracted. I think Ryan Day it will be a solid coach for the next three games. I think he's been doing a very good job of holding the team together, um, and, and a great team it is at that. We're talking Dwayne Haskins coming back from coming in and beating Michigan last year. Um, you know, he's, he's got a huge arm. He's going to make those questionable decisions every once in a while, but the kid can throw the ball. I mean, he's got a cannon on him. I'm really excited. Dobbins and Weber are back. Um, you know, great two-headed combo there with running back. They're going to have another huge year. I think Tate Martell does play a little bit this year. Not exactly sure how they're going to put him in. I was actually texting Cody yesterday when we were talking about Ohio State, just how excited we are about football. And uh, we were talking about how Martell, you know, is going to get some play this year. We just don't know how. And I said, I really hope they line them up. Um, you know, the first first play of the first game, run Martell as quarterback, a reverse to Haskins, and then Paris Campbell deep for like a 75-yard bomb touchdown just to start the season against Oregon State. Just something crazy like that. Um, the receiving core should be good this year still. Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, Johnny Dixon, K.J. Hill, Austin Mack. Brian Hartline is now the new wide receiver coach with Zach Smith out. Hartline, obviously a former Buckeye, played in the NFL. So that's pretty exciting to have him in there now. I think Hartline will be great for the team. Obviously, he knows the Ohio State culture, so that's great. And he was a great possession receiver. So, you know, it should be able to have some good routes. You know, being a good possession receiver, you got to run those curls. you got to run those slants. you got to know your timing on that. And I think that he's going to teach these young kids how to do that very well. Um, the defense, I hate to say it, they're probably second best in the Big Ten behind Michigan. But they're going to be pretty damn good this year. Um, best defensive line in college football, probably. I don't, I don't, you guys, Brandon, I don't know if you're going to disagree with me on that. Gary, you should probably agree with me, but you got Nick Bosa coming off the side. It's most likely going to be his last year. Um, he's going to go to the NFL if he has a huge year, just like Joey did. I think he will. You got Chase Young, sophomore, coming off the other side. This kid's nickname is the Predator. He is six foot five, 255, um, and he's a sophomore. So you can imagine he's got another 20 or 30 more pounds that he's going to have on him to gain here in the next couple of years. He's going to be a stud. Um, we got Demontre Jones at D-tackle again, and Robert Landers. Sounds like he's going to win the nose tackle job. So that D-line is going to be great. Linebacking core is going to be shaky this year. That's the only thing that worries me. Um, so a lot of teams that have good running backs like Wisconsin's got Jonathan Taylor. Ohio State doesn't play him in the regular season. If they meet him in the uh, Big Ten title game, they may have some issues with him out of the backfield. But, you know, the secondary, pretty much everyone besides um, um, Denzel Ward is returning. So they should have a pretty good year led by Kendall Fuller. So it should be a pretty exciting year for Ohio State football. Behind them, I have Penn State at 10-2. and two. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me, Michigan State at 10-2. and two. I lied. Michigan State I have at 10-2, and two, losing to Nebraska and Penn State. Those are my two losses for Michigan State. Penn State at 9-3, and three, losing to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. 
Michigan at seven and five, losing to Ohio State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Penn State. Um, I just don't think Shea Patterson's going to be the answer, and I just don't think they have a very good team this year. I've, you know, we were talking before we started recording. Desmond Howard picked him to win a national championship. Uh, Brandon, you said Skip Bayless picked him to win the national championship? Yeah, unbelievable. And that guy is about as dumb as Boxer Rocks. I, I still don't understand how he has a job in general. So um, Michigan 7-5 and five this year. They will make a bowl game. Um, you know, they're a hard team to predict. They're going to have a great defense. They should, keep a lot of ga- they should keep a lot of games close. I just don't think they have the offensive talent to beat some of these bigger teams this year. And their schedule is brutal. I think number one in college football. Who's this? One, Michigan. Michigan. Number one, number one hardest toughest schedule, schedule in yeah, college toughest. football. And and I think it's going to show this year. Like I said, you know, I I I could see them going eight and four, beating Nebraska. But I just think Nebraska is going to be a decent team this year. I think they're going to be the surprise in the Big Ten. So um, I really think that they'll beat Michigan, and that'll be their five losses. Um, Indiana six and six, Maryland four and eight, Rutgers at four and eight to close out the Big Ten East. On the west side, I have Wisconsin going eleven and one. I have Iowa going nine and three, Nebraska eight and four, Purdue seven and five, Northwestern six and six, Minnesota six and six, Illinois three and nine. Just something to note: Minnesota with PJ Flett coming from Western Michigan. I think he should have a decent year, and I think that they are going to be up and coming on that uh, on the west side of the conference. I think once he gets his guys in there, he's a great coach, very uh, very underrated coach. Um, you know, I think he's a stud, and I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota was up there here in the next few years. You know, eight and four, nine and three. You know, coming on as a as a team, uh, potential. You know, hey, don't mess with this team in the Big Ten because they're normally a, a pushover. It seems like. Um, I will give my top three Heisman guys a little bit later once I let Brandon give his preview here. So I want to hear it, especially after the Ohio State comments. I'm, I'm interested in your in your Big Ten preview. Did you give uh, a Big Ten title game? Yeah, who's your title? Oh, uh, Ohio State beating Wisconsin. Okay. All right, so um, I'll start off in the West. I got Wisconsin 11-2. and two. Their loss is coming to Penn State and Northwestern. I got Northwestern going eight and four. Well, that means you have Penn State winning the title. You're a loser. No, no yeah, he has Penn State winning. <laughs> I have, I have Iowa um, seven and five, Purdue seven and five, Nebraska six and six, with Scott Frost coming in there. I do like PJ Fleck. I did see that ESPN special they they did on him last year. That was awesome. Um, but I think he still goes six and six this year. But I do believe I do agree with you. They are up and coming. I could see them going eight and four, nine and three these next couple of years. Um, Illinois, garbage. Two and two and ten. Lovey Smith gets fired after the year. Mm-hmm. And yes, I got Penn State uh, eleven and two. Um, Wisconsin uh, and Iowa are their two losses. I have Ohio State. Like I said, I think. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Who'd you say Wisconsin was losing to? Wisconsin's going to lose to Penn State. And then who'd I you just, just tell I, me? I, who'd you just? You just said Penn State's yeah, losing to Wisconsin. So I, how are I they going to lose to each other? I, I, they play I, each other. I scratched it off, huh? Do they play each other in the regular season too? Oh yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, see. So you have them getting. You have them getting the. Yeah, the they're re- playing again. Okay. Yeah, you, so in the title game, it. sorry, in the title game, you have who? I well, let me finish. Oh, let me finish no, my bad. <laughs> I was just confused. I'm like, how do you have them beating them? Yeah, they, beating they, one they, the they play each other in the regular season. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so Ohio State, back to Ohio State. I think everything that's going on is going to hurt them a little bit. I do have them losing to TCU <laughs> at TCU. <laughs> you guys can laugh all you want. We'll see. I think I had TCU 8-4. and four. We'll, Hey, we'll see. Gary Patterson will have them ready to play. That's a tough environment as well. 
Uh, we'll see how it is. Urban Meyer won't be there. I know. I know Ryan Day. Yep, you can do anything you want. I, I understand, but Ryan, Ryan Day, he will have them prepared. But I think TCU will shock them, beat them. They go to and then they yeah they go ten and two. Michigan eight and four. Michigan. I'm sorry, I got that mixed up. Michigan is eight and four this year. Their schedule is brutal. They will beat Nebraska though. Uh, Michigan State nine and three. Sorry, I got that backwards. Can, can you tell me? You said Michigan State or Michigan's schedule is brutal. So besides the obvious, you know, Big Ten teams they play and Notre Dame. Who else do they play? SMU. They'll beat them. Western do you, Michigan. Do you have them up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll beat them. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, of course. So yeah, it's okay. All right. Are you, are you looking at their schedule right yeah. now? Yeah, I mean, it's just play, like anybody else in the Big they, Ten. Well, I know. It's tough. So everybody's just brutal? Everybody's, everybody's all over Michigan. So know? is Ohio State's schedule brutal because they play the same teams? No, they don't. Ohio Michigan, State doesn't Ohio play State's, Wisconsin. Ohio they don't State's, play Wisconsin. Ohio State's they better the title game. than Michigan. Okay. Huh. Ohio State's better than Michigan. Michigan. They can still have the same brutal schedule. But I know they don't play Wisconsin or yeah, Notre they Dame. Don't, they don't play Wisconsin. We get TCU instead of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> Tougher game, though. Uh, Michigan State, 9-3. Um, Michigan eight and four, Indiana I got them six and six. Rutgers four and eight. Maryland does not bounce back with everything that's going on. They go three and nine. Um, and yeah, I got Wisconsin over Penn State in the Big Ten championship game. Say it one more time. What? Who do you have over who in the title game? Wisconsin over Penn State. Okay, so Penn State beats them in the regular season. Yes. No, Wisconsin. Or sorry, Wisconsin loses to Penn State in the regular season. Yes, and Penn. And Wisconsin St- beats Penn State in the yeah because the game's in Happy Valley in in the season. Yeah. All right, um, I'll start in the West too. Oh yeah, go. I, I have Wisconsin eleven and two, Nebraska nine and three. Like Bear kind of said, and we had similar thoughts here. They're going to be that team that kind of surprises people. Uh, Iowa eight and four, Purdue six and six, Northwestern six and six, uh, Minnesota six and six, and Illinois. Like you said, Lovey gets fired two and ten. Uh, in the East, I have Ohio State 12 and one. Um, their loss, similar bear. Michigan State end of the season. Penn State and Michigan State, I have at 10 and two. Michigan, I have at nine and three. Indiana six and six. Maryland five and seven. Rutgers four and eight. And because you talked about that uh, schedule of Michigan, so you know this is probably our difference of the eight and four, nine and three. I have them beating Notre Dame, which we'll get into later. Um, Excuse me. I have them losing to Wisconsin at home. They're like I have them starting off six and zero. Okay, and they're going to lose to Wisconsin. They're going to lose to Michigan State in East Lansing. I have them bouncing back to beat Penn State, but then they're going to lose to Ohio State. So that's where my nine and three is. Where is your eight? Who do you have them losing to to be eight and four? Uh, Obviously Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Wisconsin, Dame, Wisconsin, Ohio Penn State, State, and Ohio State. Penn State, so they'll, beat, beat, they'll, they'll beat Michigan State. You think they're going to beat Michigan State? Yeah. That'll okay. be like their, yeah, that'll be the revenge game. Yeah, so I have them, like I said, going 6 0, losing two in a row, beating, you know, shocking Penn State there, and then losing to Ohio State at the end of the year. But we will see what happens. That's why they play the game. Anything could happen any given Saturday and or Sunday. Who are your three Heisman contenders in the Big Ten? Uh, I had, you know, I, I kind of took some sh- guys off the wall a little bit. Uh, Defense, I have Nick Bosa there. I mean, I put him at the top. The guy's going pro, like you said. He plays like his brother. It's not going to surprise me. I have McSorley up there. Dobbins, I won't be surprised if he's up there. And then kind of my sleeper is Larkin of Northwestern. I've hinted at him. He's, you know, a Cincinnati guy. 
Uh, I have him in there. He's taken over there, and uh, I think he could be a sleeper there for running back. Interesting. You don't have the best player in the Big Ten and maybe college football up there. That's bold, bold of you. Um, my a, number one is pretty bold. My my number one is Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. Um, not only is he my number one Heisman candidate from the Big Ten, he is my number one Heisman candidate overall. I would not be shocked if he won the award this year. He will have a 2,000-yard rushing season. He's going to have a big year this year. I'm banking on him getting hurt. That's what well, <laughs> I want to see. That's, no, no. That's, just, that's just rude. No, no, no. Like, of <laughs> course. Knuckles, bro. Yeah, of, of course he's going to be up Suck there. Suck it, so. Gray. Yeah, he'll be um, up there. And then my two and three are both big-time homer picks. Number two, J.K. Dobbins. He's going to have a huge year for Ohio State. I think Mikey Weber has a good year as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they both have 1,000 yards rushing problem is jk dobbins is going to have probably 500 600 yards receiving as well absolute monster year um and then third dwayne haskins i really think that uh, this kid is going to be a beast not only do i think he's going to be a beast this year i will not be shocked if this dude is the next big thing in the nfl he's just got a great pocket presence he's like six four he's a he's that quarterback he can run when he needs to but he's a pass first guy I, i really think that he's got all the tools to be an absolute monster on the next level We'll see what happens. Okay, I got Jonathan Taylor, of course, number one. Um, and I'm, I kind of agree with Bear. I think he's – he's. I haven't made my top five yet. I don't know if we're going to do a top five or not, but I, can, I, I might have him up there winning it all. Trace McSorley, uh, number two, Penn State quarterback. And the number three, I got J.K. Dobbins, like you said. Um, I mean, Mike Weber's there. They're going to be splitting time. But J.K. Dobbins, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but he is a great football player. He can catch the ball in the backfield as well. Um, kind of like uh, um, honorable mentions, Dwayne Haskins. I got him up there. He's 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 gonna have a great year. And um, oh man, who was the other one? I, I I had Shea Patterson up there, but I took him off just because. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I hope um, he comes out and destroys Notre Dame. I, I, no, I, I don't. See, the thing that I have is, is everybody's all over Shea, uh, Shea Patterson, and I know locally he, everybody is because he's you know he's from Toledo. He grew up in Toledo. But, um, I mean, the guy was 4-6 and six last year. He had problem throwing interceptions. He, yeah, he can bounce out of the pocket and make plays, make, and he can throw and, the ball. And who did he play for? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. So, Harbaugh's offense isn't any better. Well, yeah, and going from Ole Miss a, is also in SEC. Yeah, you're going from a spread offense to a more pro-style offense. And, you know, yes, he can bounce outside of the pocket. They're going to throw him in play action, get him, you know, get that QB rollout, try to make plays. But – I just, you know, Nor- you know, if we're going to hit on Notre Dame, Michigan right now, Notre Dame's defense is tough. I'm not trying to be a homer or not. Notre Dame is going to give them problems on defense. We can talk about Michigan's defense all they want. They're going to have a tough defense. they got Don Brown. Don Brown's a great defensive coordinator. They'll be top five in, you know, the NCAA in defense. But, I mean, the, with that game, that's why I have Notre Dame beating Michigan. I think Notre Dame is going to rattle Shea Patterson. I think Shea Patterson's going to have a tough year. It's going to have a tough start. Um you know, adapting to that offense to getting used to it. I know they've had all these months in spring ball and all the, you know, weeks in training camp. Once you get out in front of somebody and you play somebody different. Under the lights. Under the lights. In Notre Dame, game one. Yeah, so it, it's going to be rough. and With, with 70,000 people screaming against you. Yeah, yeah 80,000 80, to be exact, but. Um, Eighty thousand four hundred and twenty-three and a half. <laughs> well, people. you know, I almost feel like I have to go back and give more of a Notre Dame preview because your uh, your preview on Ohio State was so damn long that I think I might have to go back. Well, and, you know, hit oh, no, yours, yours was very but long. Trust me, they do that. You know, because 
people are homers. It is what it is. Everybody's yeah. gonna have. He's gonna have Ohio State That's up there. Same thing with my Dallas preview. Once we come up in the NFC East here in a minute, I mean, it's gonna be longer because I know more about my team, just like you did. You had a good Notre Dame preview. I enjoyed it. That's but that's what we're here for. We we Absolutely. have we have favorites. This is an ESPN. We don't have to be biased. I, I don't really care. Well, I mean, I want to be as biased as possible for certain topics, but for you mean f- unbiased. Sorry, yes. <laughs> okay. But for fo- you're pretty biased is what I'm saying. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, you know, like I said, for, for like like I said, for my picks, I wanted to pick Ohio State at twelve and 0 all day, just like you wanted to pick Notre Dame yeah, at twelve no, and 0. everyone I, wants to do it. You just gotta we, be smart. Well a that's bit. well that's like both of us too, you know. I'm a homer to Ohio State and Michigan State. I have Michigan State at ten and two, but so did you, you know, so it's different. But I also have them finishing third in the east because penn state's going to beat him so they're going to have that tiebreaker so that's do you just a think little bit. do you think brandon is a golden domer homer <laughs> a golden domer homer he might be that's going to be his new nickname besides pumpkin spice being golden or earthquake yeah or well, definitely earthquake golden domer homer I, that's hard to say three times earthquake fast. the golden domer homer <laughs> damn golden blue through and through oh, by the way oh, I, I will be watching rudy on friday oh, okay well let, here let's let's get some picks here bear get your paper ready because we got to write this up later so brandon i know you were just going to give us picks but i actually have the point spread and what we are doing with our picks is we're going by the point spread so it's going to make it a little more interesting you got to do some. You have to do some studying. I know you probably didn't this week, but I, I recommend in the future you do because you can check people's records. For example, Alabama last year against the spread, eight and four. So not going what they were this year. So uh, I, for, first game, go I, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, just, when, just when it comes to me, I have kind of a coaching mindset, so it's hard for me to say, I'm, oh, I'm going to give. You well, because it would be too I easy know. for us to pick the top I know. ten. I understand all day long. it. So I'm not going to be like, oh, well, Notre Dame's favored by one, but you know, hey, they or Notre Dame's favored by seven or what? But hey, they covered. We got you know, or they lost, but they covered. But hey, we got the win because we covered. Yeah. Well, so it, that, just with me, I got that coaching mindset. But so that's it's hard for me that's to do just that. it, it's more critical thinking, and you have to think outside the box with some of these things because week one is going to be a crapshoot. We have no idea. Exactly. We honestly have no idea. So this yeah. is a crapshoot. So well, and I before you go, go I want you to just explain what we're going to do. So we're going to yeah, pick how, how many games are we going to pick? We are going to pick like all 13. top ten games, yeah, and we're going to pick uh, Notre Dame always, 14. Michigan State always, and we're Ohio always going to and Ohio State. But oh, yeah, not Michigan. Sorry, if yeah. they drop out. So ironically, this week we do have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games to pick okay. because Notre Dame plays against Michigan and. Um, the top ten, two of the teams play each other, so and, that's why we have a lot. And we're, and we're picking with the spread. We are not picking straight up. Correct. And are we going to do lock of the week? Because I, you know, now that gambling is legal in the United States, which just tickles me deep down inside. I think that we. I mean, it, regardless if it wasn't, we'd still do lock of weeks. But I think we need a little lock a week thing. And then this is, I, I, you know, this is just us on the fly right now. We didn't talk about this beforehand. I like it. So. You know, and, and I want to go off of this and say Gary and I play Bovada. Um, you know, that's I did. I, I jumped off that after I cashed out. I'll have to explain you off air what happened to me with that because it is a did. pain to you, cash out. You did. You gave me a little bit, but I'm going to play this year. I have money in, so I'll, my picks that I'm making are going to go right there, right out of my bank account, right onto that. So I'm going to keep track of how I do this year. Obviously, we're all going to keep track of how we do, but. Money-wise, I'll say if I'm up, down, we're going to see how de- degenerate it is, and I might have to be living in your ex-wife's basement here soon if well, I Well, she doesn't have money. a basement. You might be living in the ex-wife's crawl space is what's going to happen. I'll just have to sleep here in the ex-wife's garage. But, yeah, I think I, I like that. There. Good we, luck with that. We, um, Yeah, you're sweating bullets over there. Exactly. But, yeah, I, I like it. I think I'm, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to give an update, just a small one every week, to see if I'm up or down, how many units you know I made or lost, which – will be let's that most not. of the time. I hope not. So let's get it started. Okay, so we have 
Uh, Utah State at Michigan State, at number 11, Michigan State. Michigan State is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite. So what this means, Brandon. No, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Utah, okay, so Utah got, starts off the game 23 nothing. 23 and a half to and nothing. Half, yes. Um, go back to your lock. So, like, lock of the week. Like, with teams like this, are we going to have a lock? Because, I mean, Michigan Michigan State is going to blow Utah well, State out. We, the, then, the lock of the week lock. would be your lock would be Michigan State beats them by more than 23 okay, and a half. I just figured is your wait, lock. I just figured we'd wait till you know, like, you know, conference play to do lock. But well, we're going to do lock of the week anyway. So no, no, you're going to do lock Mich- of the week. And that, I, I think that for us, for us internally, yep. that'll be. Three points? Yeah, three points okay, extra. So, like so if it. you hit your lock of the week, that is three points. Here, Everyone you this? hit right is one point. How about this? Well, are we doing points or are we doing record? Because we said we were going to do record when this started. Well, I mean, we can do overall record, but we can keep a point total. Okay, so we'll do overall record, and then each week we'll do points. So how about this? We do points for winning record amongst each other during the week. Sorry, now that we're talking through it, how about we just pick how many locks we pit, we hit each week? So we'll have our overall record no matter what, right? No matter what happens, okay? And then and then we, we're playing each other each week. We're playing each other for the lock. So at the end of the year, there's what thirteen weeks, twelve weeks. Well, we were playing like I'm saying. If I go, there's eleven games. Let's say I go nine and two. You guys both go eight and three. Then I'm one and zero. Oh, you're both zero oh and one. Is the overall record what I mean? So next week it would be different. And then if there's a tie amongst the, the guys, we said we're going to have a tiebreaker, which can be the lock. And then also we'll do, a, you know, like you said, a point total. However we want to do that, we can just do points and then see how – well, we can do – si- let's do a side – here, I'll tell you what. Let's do a side bet, locks of the week. Let's see what our records are on okay. locks of the week. So that will be a side thing that we have going on. Yeah, so there will be three separate things. And we'll do overall record, right? which we'll, we'll have a winner on that. We will do who wins each week, just Correct. overall, and, and then, then we'll locks of the week. Lock of the week. So I like it. Three different things, and off air we'll come up with some uh, interesting, you know, little bets. Nothing too crazy. Nothing high money. Um, but if anyone, you know, out there in listener land who listens has anything, you know, hit us up on Twitter at OTL Sports Pod or on Facebook Over the Line Sports Podcast. Give us some ideas of what we should be betting with. You know, we're not talking big money here. Just some random crap like. If Brandon loses, you know, he's got to drink pickle juice. Something like that. Something stupid. I'm not saying that's got to happen. I'm just saying. If if Brandon loses, he has to say Kyle Busch is the greatest NASCAR driver today. Oh, if Brandon loses, he has to buy a Kyle Busch shirt and wear it. Oh, my gosh. Or a Kyle Busch hat. Yes, that would be fantastic. I like it. I'll buy him that. Uh, Yes, I love it. So, Brandon, back to this. Utah State at Michigan State. Michigan State is favored by 23 and a half. I I guess I'll, I'll make them my lock. They'll beat them by 30. Okay. Bear? Oh uh, yeah, Michigan State covers. 41-10. I have them covering as well. Next, Western Kentucky at number four, Wisconsin. 35-and-a-half point favorite for Wisconsin. I think this is going to be a tricky game. I like my uh, Mike Stan, uh, Stanford that's down there, uh, West Kentucky's head coach. I think this is I, – I, okay, West, Western, Wisconsin's not going to blow them out by more than whatever they're – 35-and-a-half. So yeah. Western Kentucky starts off 35-and-a-half points. Okay, so... You think Wisconsin's going to win by less than that, is what you're saying? Yeah. So you got Western Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. I also have Western Kentucky. There's no way that um, Wisconsin's winning this game by five touchdowns. Okay. I have uh, Wisconsin, so I disagree. So there's a discrepancy there. Okay, FAU at Oklahoma, 21 and a half. This is going to be a tricky game. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. You think Lane it's going Kiffin, to be closer than that? Lane Kiffin is going to make this game close, I'm telling you right now. Especially Charlie Weiss Jr. down there off in the scoring area. Oh, out. God. So you, um, have, you have FAU within 21 and a half? Yeah, I do. Okay, Bear. Oklahoma's going to win, but yeah. 
Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, the half kills me. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma, though. I am as well. Oregon State at Ohio State, 37 points. Ohio State blows them out of the water. 37 even? Yeah, 37 even. Bear? Oh, Ohio State all day. Okay. They will play pissed off. This is the team that they, they will won't. Beat. I'm going to tell you exactly how this game's going to go. Just like every single year I watch Ohio State football, it will be 7 nothing. It'll be 7-7 after the first quarter, maybe 14-7 at halftime. They always start off slow. They always I, do. I, you can say whatever you want. They've had huge dynamic offenses. I've seen it with teams worse than Oregon State. I will tell you they'll start off slow. They're still going to win 63-7. to you know, that's they, funny. They, they I was will. just about to shout over you and say they win 63-7. to They, seven. they, they will, cause, but I don't think they're going to start off. I think this is going to be brutal. Oregon State is terrible. I this, hope you're right. This is going to be – and, I, I, again, guys, I do not like Ohio State. I'm not an Ohio State fan. Okay, next, Washington. Number six, Washington, against number nine, Auburn, in Atlanta. Auburn is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me Washington by a touchdown. I picked. So you you have them winning by four and four essentially plus the two and a half. So they cover. Is that is that? Well, what yeah. No, if no, you Washington. say that if you say Washington wins by seven, then you're way well, it over. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Because yeah, they co- if they, okay, they cover. So you're saying they win. Yeah, Washington wins. Yeah. And they're a dog. So if they win, they win. It doesn't matter because they're yeah. going to start off two and a half to zero. Yeah, they win. They win. They cut. Co- yeah, they win. Fair. I, I picked Auburn to win this game. Two and a half is a. That's a big. It's an ugly number, which means they're not. You know, it's it's going to be by three. I, I, oh man, that's tough. It's going to be a twenty to nineteen game probably, but I'm going to stick with the team I picked to win. I think Auburn last second field goal wins the game. And you think they cover the two and a half? I think they. It's tied. They kick a last second field goal and win, so they win by three. Okay. I also have Washington winning. I had them winning outright, so give me them with the two and a half. All right, Michigan, number 14, Michigan, at number 12, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a one-point favorite. This game's always close. Notre Dame wins by a field goal. Didn't they just win 37 to nothing two years ago? Yeah, but they were terrible back then. This is the first game of the year, just like it was a couple years ago, but still. You said Notre Dame by a field goal? Yeah. Oh, no way, buddy. Notre Dame by at least two touchdowns. I hope so. I pray, I pray to the Lord. Pray to touch on Jesus. Absolutely, that too. And the Lord, yep, everything. I'm, uh, You're picking Michigan, so I'm I am picking Michigan. So I will start off one to zero. I think that uh, they're going to surprise people. I, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm a, I'm happy to be wrong because you know I'm not a Michigan fan. But I I just got them winning, man. I just have a feeling. Next, Appalachian State against number ten at number ten, Penn State, twenty four point favorite for Penn State. Um. Give me, give me App State plus 24. You've seen what they've done in the first week of college football before. Um, I, I think that Penn State probably wins by 21, but give me App State. Okay. Brandon? Man. Okay. Um, Why yeah, you... give me. If you're still yeah, thinking. Yeah, so Penn State wins by 20. So. Okay. So you want App, App State, App App State, State covers. the points. Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. think Penn State covers. They're going to win by 30. Yeah. Um, Louisville at Alabama. Alabama favored by 24. Where's this at? At Al- Alabama. At, at, it's not at some odd place. I don't think so. No. Ugh, Louisville's bad. Alabama. Yeah, give me a, they, they They show up in bigger games. If it was like Western Mississippi or something, which they will probably play week two, I'd take them. But give me Alabama plus, you know, or I'm sorry, minus 24. Okay. 
Closer than the experts think. I think Louisville is going to play tough. I think Alabama wins the game. Louisville covers. So Louisville is going to be within 24. I got Alabama more than 24, so give me Alabama in the hole. So what if they, right at 24, they say? It's a tie. Yeah, it's a tie. Push. All right, next, number eight, Miami at LSU. LSU is given three points, so they start off with a 3-0 lead. In Death Valley? At LSU. I got Miami winning. Hurricanes yeah. all day. You up. Miami. All right. I I have Miami winning. Give me LSU to cover. Three points. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Nice. All right. Last. <laughs> or no, we got two more. I'm sorry. Furman at Clemson. And I have a fun stat about this, by the way. Clemson is a 42.5 point favorite. So, Brandon, do they cover 42.5? 56 to nothing, Clemson. Okay. Yeah, give me Clemson. That's easy. Give me Clemson, too. So my fun fact, the QB for Furman is a full-time engineering student at Clemson. <laughs> so that's my fun stat of the day. That's awesome. So, all right. Uh, next, Austin Pay at Georgia. 43-point favorite for Georgia. Uh, I mean, Georgia by 60, probably. 45 nothing Georgia. All right, I got Georgia as well. All right, and let's quickly, I I have not told you guys about this. I quickly just put this in here. Give me right now, since we're just previewing, this is way too early to predict playoff. Brandon, four teams in the playoff. Who you got? Gosh. If you're not ready, Bear, what do you got? Give me something. My four teams in the playoff. Number one, Alabama. I think they go undefeated this year with their cupcake schedule. Number two, Clemson. I think I have them undefeated this year with, or maybe one loss with their cupcake schedule as well. Regardless, they'll be in. Give me Ohio State at three with their one loss. And number four, I want Washington in there. Um, so two and three would be Clemson, Ohio State. Give me Ohio State to be Clemson. I think Alabama beats Washington. Give me Ohio State over Alabama 24-20. Okay. Um, I have the same exact hop four, same exact <laughs> seating, which is the funniest thing in the world. Um, give me Alabama against Clemson, okay? And I've got Alabama winning. Okay. So give me them 31-24. Are you, are you still thinking, Brandon? No, give me everybody that you said did you, except did you Ohio put, State. Well, hold on. Did you put our picks down for just too early to predict? So you've got the same top four, and then I have Alabama over Clemson 31-24 in the title game. And then Brandon... What do I you? have everybody that you guys have. So Alabama, Clemson, Washington, except I got oh, you Georgia got over Ohio State. And you had Wisconsin winning anyway, right? In the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, but they're eleven and two. So I mean. So you think Georgia gets in? Yeah. Only lost me in Alabama. I think I picked. I think I picked Georgia to go thirteen, and I mean. So you have okay. Twelve and, and one. And then you so got yeah. Bama against Georgia. In yeah, Bama the first against round. Georgia. Clemson versus Washington. I think they didn't they play last year. Clemson will beat Washington. Alabama beat Georgia last year. I meant in the semifinal. Oh, sorry, um, yes. Um, what was I going to say? Alabama versus uh, Georgia. Clemson versus Washington. Clemson beats Washington. Georgia beats Alabama. Clemson beats Georgia. Okay, so we got three different picks here for title. Sorry, what was your actual title? I know what your four was. He said Alabama number one, Georgia number four, Clemson two, Washington three. And then Alabama, or no, sorry, Clemson over Alabama. Clemson. No, Clemson over Georgia, you said. No. Yeah, Clemson over Georgia for the national championship. 
I like it. So we all have. So you have Clemson and Georgia in the title game. I have. What was your final score? Let's go 31 27. All right. So I have Alabama and Clemson in the final. You have Georgia and Clemson. Yes. Right? And you and I have, have Ohio State, Alabama. Okay. And before we go too far, since we're sloppy and pushing around, it'll get better next week with this whole gambling thing. Gary, we need to give our locks. Brandon gave his at Michigan State minus 23 and a half. What's go. your lock for our picks? Oh, God. Let me think about that. Go ahead. My lock is Notre Dame minus one. Okay. Um, I like it. I, I do too. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give me Ohio State this week. I was gonna go Michigan State. Give me Ohio State. Okay, perfect. I like it. All right. So we got that in there. I kind of threw that at you guys uh, at the last minute. I actually had six teams in here that I would have, and then I just put. But the top four I had were the same top four you had. So that was interesting to do. So NFC's preview before we Bear and I kind of spot off what we're gonna do. Brandon, give us your NFC East preview. I'm going to be quick because I think this is going to be our longer show um, than we've done all year. So Yes, it is. I'll be quick. Uh, Philly, 11-5. Dallas, 9-7. and seven. Giants, 8-8. Eight and eight. Washington, 6-10. and 10. Okay. Bear? Um, obviously, this is going to be a little bit more long-winded. This is probably going to be the hardest division to predict, especially for me. Um, being a Cowboys fan, this is hard. Not trying to put on my Cowboys helmet here. I have Philly going 10-6. and six. Um, I think they struggle a little bit this year getting Wentz back. I think he starts off a little bit slower after the ACL injury. Still think they win the division, best team in the division, best defense in the division. Dallas at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, The defense is looking good in the preseason. The offense is looking like crap. Granted, Zeke hasn't played. Frederick being hurt, it's not good. The offensive line's been beat up, but it, it's just it's the preseason. It's hard to judge. Um I think that the addition of Michael Gallup, I've loved watching him play so far. I think him and Dak have a good connection. Hearns will be decent. Tavon Austin, you know, they added uh, Leighton Vander Esch um, in the draft, picked up on defense to, to be there with Sean Lee and Jalen Smith as linebackers. Linebacking core solid. Defensive line is solid, possibly with Randy Gregory back and healthy. They may be the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be hard. Denver may have a better one. But Dallas is going to be up there competing with Demarcus Lawrence, with um, you know Gregory coming off the ends there. I think that you know the offense is all going to depend on the line. If the line stays healthy, I think Zeke eats this year. I think he does have a two thousand yard year. They're going to just feed, feed, feed him. You know he was out six games last year. Granted, he's still young, so it's not like he lost a lot. But he's going to be even more fresh than most would think. You know, the last six games, no playoffs, no preseason. And they said he just looks like an absolute monster. I'm really excited to see him play. Whether he has a line or not, I think he's just going to destroy Dak. Dak is Dak. I think that he's going to have a half-decent year. Um, you know, he can throw the ball when he needs to. Like I said, first game he throws a touchdown pass to Michael Gallup in six plays. That was very exciting to see. Um, you know, losing Witten's going to hurt a lot. Um, it sucks that he left. Losing Dez is going to hurt a little bit. I don't think that much. I think it's probably good to keep the distraction out of there. Um, you know, Switzer got traded. I think he just got traded again, didn't yeah, he, from Oakland to Pittsburgh. to Pittsburgh, right? And then uh, Bryce Butler obviously is gone. And then on defense, really all they lost as a big key was Anthony Hitchens. Um, they did lose Orlando Scandrick, but he's been injury prone. And he got cut from the Redskins, I think, and got picked up by somebody else who I can't recall right now. He's not on the Cowboys anymore, so I really don't care. Um, next, Giants, I have it 6-10. and 10. Like I said, this is an odd – division to judge because they could be 10 and 6 and win that division 
Odell just got his huge contract, $94 million, highest paid receiver in the NFL, so he's going to be happy. Eli's healthy. For some reason, he's been playing the whole preseason. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. I mean, because if he gets hurt, Davis Webb's the backup, and he is hot garbage. No good. I don't, I don't know what the Giants are going to do. If Eli gets hurt, they're going to be very, very bad. Saquon should just have a monster year. Um, you know, the, the kid's a beast. We'll see what he can do. He's never had more than 20 rushes in a game in college. So I'm going to see how that pans out here, even though he's a stud and he's in probably the best physical condition out of most any running back right now. You know, not having 20 carries in college is different because the NFL is a much more physical game than college. Everyone's big in the NFL. Not everyone's big in college football. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, they added Connor Barwin um, and Alec Ogletree on their defense, the linebacking core. Not Kevin Ogletree? No, not Kevin Ogletree. Damn it. Remember when – what did he do? Did he get arrested or something? He played for Dallas for a little bit. Yeah, I remember I, I would always play him in Madden, and it was the – every time he'd score, I had the stupid thing where I'd say, more Ogletree, please. Oh, yeah, that the is right. now, now I remember that. Goodness, thank God that's over. Yeah, um, I agree. They, you know, they added some defensive keys, but they also lost a lot of defensive keys. You know, they lost JPP in the offseason. They lost Dominique Rodgers-Camardi. Um, so we'll see how that transitions. No more Brandon Marshall, but when you add Saquon, you don't really need a running back. Where did he go, by the way, Brandon Marshall? I don't know if he's Seattle. Been. Oh. Did, did he? I didn't think he was and picked they up. They just, because uh, we can talk real quick, that Rodgers got his contract today. Yep. Hundley got traded to Seattle. So that yep. tells you who the backup is now there. And, Absolutely, Deshaun Kaiser. Bridgewater got traded to the Saints for a third-round pick. Yes, he did. Um, and then, you know, Washington, this is odd. I went through. I have my sheet that I go and start marking off wins, and as I'm going through, couldn't find marks on there. I have them at 1-15 this year, and I don't even like it because I know that's wrong. Like, I, I'm looking at it, but I couldn't – I just couldn't pick them to win games with Alex Smith. I mean, I – I just couldn't find where they would win. I, I, I have them beating. One in 15 is brutal. Yeah, it's bad. And I have them beating the Giants, I think, is their only win. I'm just going through everything. I hope you're right. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm absolutely wrong here. Um, but I'm just going through games. I'm like, I can't see them beating Philly. I can't see them beating Dallas. I mean, Alex Smith is a decent quarterback, but Geis is hurt. They got AP. I mean, he's past his prime, man. Yeah, he looked good in one preseason game, but the, then legs are old. They lost Bashard Breeland on the defense, Kendall Fuller on the defense. They lost, um, you know, Kirk Cousins obviously got traded for Alex Smith, and then they lost Terrell Pryor and their top running back. Do you, like, do you like that? What? Do you do, like that? Do I like that? Well, they didn't. They didn't trade Kirk Cousins. I thought they did. No, he signed with Minnesota. Who they trade Alex Smith for? Why am I forgetting this? Alex Smith was the trade. Yeah, but I can't it was a trade. And then that just yeah. kind of told us that he because yeah, he Cousins, yeah. cause Cousins got kept, offered kept. more money from the Jets, but he decided to go to Minnesota. So yes. he's got that guaranteed money to, to I think it was eighty four million guaranteed yeah. that he has. But now yeah. today right. it, it changed kept, with Rodgers. They kept putting him on the um, the franchise tag. Yeah, they kept franchise yep. tagging him. And yes, Brandon, I got your. Do you like that thing? It's just Thank you. I, I was waiting. I did, but if you're going to say it, be a man and say it. Like, don't, I mean, Which go thing? yell across the garage. I don't I, care. I wasn't going to yell what, it. What did he do? You like that? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> that was absolutely loud. Thank you for that. Um, are you done with yours then? So, yeah, that was it. I Like I said, Geis tearing his ACL. They're, and they just have so many injury prone. Jordan Reed's injury prone. Crowder's injury prone. AP's injury prone. Chris Thompson's injury prone. I just, I can't see them doing a lot this year. 
Okay. Um, well, I will give mine quickly because you previewed the same thing. I have the Eagles winning this as well at 11-5. and five. I think Dallas goes 10-6. and six. I think Dak bounces back. I think that the receiving core they have is kind of going to surprise people because nobody knows what Gallup can do. And Tavon Austin, I, I'm hoping – I say every year in my head that, hey, they're gonna, Linehan's going to figure it out and use guys properly. I hope that with Austin it's the right thing. We'll see. Time will tell. They're going to feed Zeke all day long. He's back the whole year. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. But if they do, um, great. Uh, Giants I have at 8-8. Eight and eight, And then the Redskins I did not have at 1-15. I had at 7-9. and nine. So from there we will go to Justin on the Twitter. So he gave us the question of similar to how Tiger and Phil are doing a big showdown, which will be uh, thanks the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. What athletes would have the best one-off duels? So I will start real quick. Uh, Jordan and LeBron, if yep. we could see them in their primes, obviously would we would all love to see that. See what would happen. That's also my number one. So Brandon, what's that yours? is not my number one. That's my number two. Oh, that's your number two. Yeah, I um, do have a one. Oh, that's my number one. Oh. I didn't really rank them in order I, of what I wanted to see. I just ranked what I had. Oh, so that was the first one I wrote You're, you're going to love my number one. Brandon, what do you got? I mean, I like I like LeBron and, and Jordan. They, they were they were up there, too. I just went kind of with athletes. Maybe I took this wrong. I kind of went with athletes today. I don't know. And, and Antonio Brown versus uh, OBJ. So, I don't know. So in what? In a dance what? off? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A, tu- a dance off? Touchdowns? I, whatever. Uh, who can pose on a boat and smoke more marijuana contest? I, I don't know about that. Oh, Odell would win that. Yeah. So, um, with, I don't know. Some kind of, I don't know. Some kind of Pro Bowl contest. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I think I took this the wrong way. But, yeah, LeBron. No, and, good. LeBron and Michael, obviously. So, we all have LeBron and Michael. Who wins that matchup? LeBron. 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 Bigger, stronger. Yes. I. We all agree. So, Brandon, do you have another one? No, I just had those two. Okay, do you have one, Bear? Yeah, so my the numbers the number or the second one I wrote down. Excuse me, um, Babe Ruth versus Barry Bonds. How about that? That would be fun to watch. And those old school home run derbies. Remember, they'd go head to head. Yeah, that, yeah, that I'd love would to be see that. Cool. I think that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, my last one. This one I thought about on the fly. Um, actually, the next day, Richard Petty versus Kyle Busch. How about that? I mean, you, you didn't think of that one. It, it kind of popped in. I, I don't know why. I don't know if I was just like if I dreamt it or whatever. But the next day at work after I wrote these down, I was like, man, that would be awesome. So I wrote it in. I like that. So my number one is a last one standing match. Okay. Jesus. We're going this. And it's inside a greenhouse. And it's a three-on-one handicap match. Okay. I hope you're ready for this. It's going to pit Sid the Cicada, Buddy the Fly, and Marty the Moth against Brandon to see who wins the matchup. Yeah, give me Sid the Cicada by uh, TKO. <laughs> I like it. So no, I'll stun them all and I'll win. <laughs> How are you going to stun them? You can't even catch them. Climb the, I'll climb the greenhouse. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll stun them. <laughs> he goes up throw, the greenhouse. Throw the man, uh, macho man. Smash two sunflowers together. Well, I, I have the, the, three, the three beating you because if you're inside a greenhouse, you're going to sweat bullets and pass out. So I think they're going to be <laughs> yeah, the last one standing. Oh, so beautiful. All right, so the Jason debate, seeing how big of a draw Rousey is, one would think WWE will continue to seek out new talent from other professional sports entities. So in your opinions, ours, of course, what athletes should WWE be offering contracts to and why? Um, before this happened, I'll just give a quick one. I was going to say Matt Riddle, but he's he showed up at NXT. He was a UFC guy, mm-hmm. and then he showed up, and he had just dominated the indies. And they signed him to NXT. I think he's going to be big. 
once they give him more opportunity. He is fun to watch if you've not seen any of his matches. He had a good uh, good match with Cody Rhodes. Uh, check that out if you haven't already. Uh, so I put Matt Riddle in there, even though he's already in NXT. Uh, this was kind of before this all took place. So Brandon, Woody, or either one of you. Go ahead, Brandon. I kind of, I don't know if you guys have this, but Gronk. I like it. I like. I, I thought about it. I thought about it, but he had his WrestleMania moment. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, he could go there. I know this guy just got um, activated, but he is freaking jacked, and that's Josh Gordon. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I like that. I could see that. And you speaking like big of big jacked dudes, yeah. Speaking of jacked, I mean, he was ripped. Did you see? That? Yeah. Oh speaking of jacked dudes, have you seen Cena? I was talking to Bear about this earlier. Dude dropped like twenty or thirty pounds. He is and really picture he is cut. I'll show you after the show. Oh, another one, Mike Bibby. <laughs> jacked up Mike Bibby or skinny Mike Bibby? Jacked up Mike Bibby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put in there uh, just other wrestlers. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, they're not there, and they would all come together. They basically said that, that that's the only way they're going to go to WWE is together. Um, I would like to see that. And then this would never happen, but just if we went back to the Attitude Era, throw in Conor McGregor because he would bring in people. He would do everything. He would not come now just because of what he's done and the whole no. thing he had with UFC. And, and, yeah, I have the same thing, actually. I have Conor McGregor, Attitude Era Conor McGregor, uh, Attitude Era, the Diaz brothers, Nick or Nate, either of them would be amazing. Yes. Uh, they're both just they don't care. They do everything, and they're badasses. Um, but right now I have one, you know, unemployed guy, Des Bryant. I think he'd be a great heel. Obviously he's in good shape. He's an amazing athlete. I think he'd be pretty decent on the mic. He, I think he'd be a pretty good uh, wrestler. Um, this one is for Jason, more or less, because he is a Bungles fan, unfortunately for him. Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones. Oh, Pac-Man. I, would I thought lo- you were going to say Vontez. I would love to see Pac-Man in WWE um, because he would be so hated by everybody. I think he would make a great heel, and I think he could probably wrestle. I, I watched the, the airport fight. I thought that was pretty good. So, I mean, he could take some people down. But my number one, who has obviously been there, and he's guest-hosted, and he's done his thing with the big show, Shaq Diesel. I mean, if he was there full-time, that would be awesome. As a, as a GM, as anything, Shaq is so entertaining. I would love to see him there. I think that'd be great. Or even if him and Gronk did something maybe down the line, that'd be pretty cool too. That'd be cool. And Brandon, since we're talking about Jack guys, what are you at this week? Got to keep it going. <laughs> Two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Still. What about after those peach rings I just gave you? Two ninety nine point two. Yeah. Two ninety nine point two. Okay. Just curious about that. And and a fun thing. I want to I want to get your thoughts. I added this in there. I haven't talked to either one of you guys about this. This kind of popped up on Twitter today, and it's been a big thing. And if you've been watching WWE, you will know that Becky Lynch turned heel. She's getting cheered on like crazy. If you watched SmackDown last night, so they are comparing her to Stone Cold, and that. How do you feel about that? Brandon. Um, I guess I don't really see the comparisons, but I like her as a heel. I think what she did was awesome. I think we all kind of expected it after, you know, that that match and how they were, you know, hugging each other and I just knew I turned to my wife and I said something's going to happen. I think she's going to turn on her. And it happened. So I think and you know, you were talking about last night, we want Becky chance we're going on. So, um, I guess I don't see the comparisons. I'm going to have to look at it more, but I don't yeah, know. They're saying that, you know, with her being a heel and getting cheered on, there's just no way she doesn't get cheered. It's kind of like the opposite with Roman. Roman gets booed no matter what if he's a face. Like, even, yeah. like, the Shield reuniting, Roman got a little bit of cheer, but it's more or less for the Shield. And I was absolutely, we will cover this before we go into our last segment, but on Raw, I don't know if you saw, I think we were kind of all discussing that they turned Braun heel 
and so he's going to be with Ziggler and McIntyre against the Shield at the Super Showdown. Um, I I hate it. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I I don't know if you saw that bear, but they. Did I didn't. Turn I saw the. I saw your text, but I mean, it just shows that he's going to fight Roman for the belt because well, Roman's he, a face. Well, he's turning. He turned. He cashed in his money in the bank. That he put it on the table. He's cashed it in. His match at Hell in the Cell is with his cash in. That's stupid. But here's the thing. But, but if the bell doesn't ring. Well, no, no, no. The bell's going to ring. They're going to have the match in Hell in a Cell. And But here's the thing. He gave it to Corbin, and now how Corbin's kind of doing this heel thing, I would not be surprised if Corbin comes running down with the briefcase and tries to cash in. Just as I was watching that, that's all I thought in my head. I was like, well, he's the new general manager. He could just make the match, which he did at Hell in the Cell, and say that the contract's not cashed in. And he could either, they could have this heel stable, he can then cash it in for Braun after he beats him up, or he can just run in himself. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. KO could come back. We have no idea. Because KO just quit over the weekend. Right. Yeah, they're or doing, on Monday. They're, they're going to do something with that. Um, I think what we're also gearing up with, I think we're kind of about to see the return of Kurt Angle in action. So I think that's what they're going to set up. But I didn't I didn't think about Baron Corbin cashing it in. So that's, gonna, that's, that's interesting. I, I just saw, when I saw... When I saw Braun set it on the table with Corbin, I'm like, huh, well, they already made the match, so technically that briefcase could still be legit, and nobody's probably thinking about that. Yeah. So I could see it happening. Corbin runs down. It kind of shocks people. If he does run down with the briefcase and tries to cash in, Shield shows up or Super Roman still wins, something happens. You know, I don't think Braun's winning this match, which kind of irritates me, but you know what? It is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. Unless they, they play it like we just said. Baron gives it to Braun, which... That would be great, and he still cashes in and gives it to him. I would be excited. I just want the strap off Roman already. I'm sick of it. I mean, back to your original question about Becky. Um, I mean, it's happened you know, before where people have turned heel and they've cheered him too. It, in these later years, the crowds are just not the same as they used to be. I mean, back then it was still traditional wrestling. That was like the first so it's very hard to compare. And plus, I've, I've never seen Becky get up and chug beers like a man. True. And, you know, <laughs> we saw the return of Trish Stratus this week, and uh, which, which was nice. She'll be fighting at the Evolution pay-per-view. Love me some Trish. Yes, we all do. And then, uh, so yesterday, satisfaction. I, I said a thing to you that I was watching. The, I was watching some Raws in the past, and I came across one of my favorite segments, which this will segue into the next thing we're doing, but uh, of... Uh, HBK and Triple H mocking Shane and Vince. Still one of the greatest things. Stop it. <laughs> Dad. The ear pole is still my favorite. I just wanted dance. And, uh, you know, when he says, you're full of crap, and then at the end, just Triple H is like, holy shit. And it's not just that way because of Sean. <laughs> so it was just great. And uh, it's just funny to look back and see Dolph there, Nikki. From the Spirit Squad, and, uh, you know, that was 12 years ago. I can't believe that. Which is crazy. It just tells you that, you know, Dolph has been around for a long time, which yeah. people don't realize. So the last thing we have for today was top three video promos hitting, heading into a match at a pay-per-view. So video montage, video promo, heading into a pay-per-view, you know, our top three. Brandon, you're looking at me like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I want... I, I, I didn't dig into this too much. I think I missed it, but we're just going off one off of my head. I think 2003, The Rock versus uh, Stone Cold, that video promo. Is that your only one? That is my only one okay. because I mean that was it was amazing. So you got three bear. Yeah, I have okay. three. Okay, so your number three. Mine were all 
actually three years apart from each other in a row sort of thing. Um, my first one was WrestleMania 20. Or I'm sorry, my third was WrestleMania 20, Kane versus Undertaker. I mean, this is when Undertaker comes back after his four or three years or whatever being the American badass, back to the dead man um, after Kane buried him at Survivor Series. And then, obviously, the whole lead-up from Survivor Series to WrestleMania, just the gong and, I mean, everything, because this is after Kane was unmasked and all of that. And it was just an absolute amazing And that was all in the video montage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, one of the, it, it, watch that one for sure. Uh, that'll, get you, that'll get you amped up. My number three was I, I had to go. I, I almost didn't put this in, but just because I was there at WrestleMania 30 and it was such a big deal, Daniel Bryan's monster when they played him off like a monster and everything he had to building up, had to fight against everything to get to the top and ironically turned into a hypothetical monster to do it. You know, had the beard, had the long hair, and they played, uh, I think, what is that, an Imagine Dragons song? Monster? I don't know. Yeah, the yeah. only monster I know is a Rihanna and Eminem. Yeah, nice. Number two, what do you got? So number two was SummerSlam 2002, Triple H for Shawn Michaels, and that was when Shawn Michaels came back after, um, you know, four years of being off. And showed up on Raw, and him and Triple H were buddies, and then Triple H turned on him and went on one of the greatest heel runs probably of all time in the company. I mean, that was absolutely amazing, attacking his back, and just their whole promo um, leading up to that with everything that happened, and him pretty much you know stabbing his best friend in the back made for absolutely great TV. And uh, before I go into my number two, which could have easily been my number one, uh, I think our number one's going to be the same since you said they're three years apart. You don't think so? Nope. Okay, well, good. All right, number two, I have The Miz at WrestleMania 27 when he had the Hate Me Now promo mm. when he started off, and they played uh, you know, Hulk Hogan saying things, Ric Flair saying things, and then they showed him being on MTV in the real world. You know, my name's The Miz. They're like, you're crazy, man. You're nuts. And then just kind of showed that that guy went from nothing and his climb to WWE culminated to this when he got the main event at WrestleMania 27. And uh, it gave me all the respect in the world for him. And then he came in, as we know, not respected by anybody. Mm-hmm. And now he's one of the top guys, and hard work got him to where he is. I mean, he has his own TV show, for God's sake, and he, you know, what he's doing. Still, I think, probably one of the top, if not the top heel in WWE oh, yeah. right now. I just, they, they got to get the title on him. So, number one. My number one is Brandon's only one, which was 2003, and that was Rock Austin. Mm-hmm. I mean,. Absolutely, the the probably the greatest ever. I mean, everything leading up to it, knowing now that we know that it's that was Austin's last match after he quit seven months before, and just everything The Rock did. I w- I actually watched that I think two or three times in a row as I was writing that down. Um, you know, writing down what I saw, just The Rock putting on Stone Cold's vest and giving him stunners, and St- Stone Cold catching him, and then Rock getting out of the ring. He never got stunned. Never got stunned. Never got stunned. And it was just one of those things, like, I think, you know, everyone kind of knew The Rock was finally going to win, probably, but no one really knew. But him wearing the vest, disrespecting Stone Cold, drinking the beers, just everything leading up to that was absolutely awesome. Obviously, Austin was in a messed up place at the time with the painkillers, all of that, um, you know, and leaving the company seven months before, you know, just straight walking out because he was burnt out. So it was, it just made personally for me, like, I could watch that a hundred times. I could watch that match a hundred times, and it was absolutely awesome. Well, uh, then can you guess my number one since it is not that? <sighs> I have no idea. And we were going off video, the yeah. video leading yeah. up to it. Yep. So this no. this was a no-brainer for me. This was for WrestleMania 26, HBK yeah. versus The Undertaker. Was that the uh, God versus Devil yes. when running, Sean Warhol Running up that hill that. Yeah. with 
placebo and uh, his fight to get Taker and what he needed to do to get that rematch. So, you know, it kind of culminates in the end of that video with him popping out at the Elimination Chamber and super kicking Taker for Jericho to get the title. So that's when he finally accepted and then said, you know, this would be a streak versus career match. And as we know, that was Shawn Michaels' last match. And it all started from, um, what was it, the Slammies, I think, wasn't it? Yes. When he called him out that's, after losing that's exactly how it began. Yeah, I think yeah. I watched that one, too, in there, because that would be definitely an honorable mention for me. I mean, that was also awesome. Just unfortunately wasn't that good enough to make my top three. Yeah. And, you know, Rock Austin, that was good in there. I liked that. I figured one of you two, if not both, would have that. Uh, that's just an honorable mention for me, just because of what I liked with Miz and, and HBK especially is what was going on there. I feel like um, there's something that, you know, maybe there's like an ECW one or something Jason should, you know, send to us because I'm sure he'll probably critique us and, oh, no, uh, you know, we, we there's no ECW in there, so we can't really do that. We didn't have any WCW either, so that is okay. No WCW. WCW sucks. And no ECW. So we will see what happens and uh, go from there in the future. Maybe he will critique us and give us some ECW stuff. We don't know. He doesn't even know how to spell ECW. (laughs) He he might. I don't know. So uh, next week we are ending our predictions for the NFL as the NFL season starts next Thursday. Correct? Yes, um, a week from tomorrow, so that's pretty exciting. What's the opening game? Very exciting. Uh, Philadelphia and Atlanta. In Philadelphia, obviously, they get their rings. Everybody, um, everyone doing uh, the, you know, um, shit, I totally lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> you know, everyone who wins the Super Bowl gets the first game opening year so they can put off their banner, the ring. It's Thursday night. It's the first game of the year. There's going to be, you know, 50 million people watching yeah, all over all, the place. All so. eyes on them. So it'll be fun. Um, it'll be disappointing again to watch Philly finally lower that banner that I didn't want to see them win, but it is what it is. I'm still going to watch. Um, you know, we got fantasy football this weekend, so I'm pretty excited for that. I just had a draft last Sunday. That was fun. Ours on Sunday is going to be good. Are you going you gonna to be there, Gary, or are you letting your teammate do all the work? Uh, no, I'll be there. Don't have to be out of town this weekend for a concert, so we're good. Your your twin brother's going to be there. You guys can see each other for the first time since last year. So Who's that? Robert. Robert, oh, my twin Robert. Your bald, twin, tatted brother. You guys are exactly the same, except he's like, you know, three feet shorter than you. Three feet shorter than me. Thank you. Wonderful. Um, again, as always, thank you for listening. Check us out on Spotify, Podbean. Get us on Twitter at... at OTL Sports Pod and on Facebook, Over the Line Sports Podcast. Um, And and one last thing before we close out, I I think that this is going to be really exciting. We want to start a listener league for um, NFL picks. So I think what we're going to do is I'm going to set up something on ESPN.com and myself, Gary, and Brandon are going to have our own team together. We're all going to decide on picks. We're going to pick each week, and we want as many as our listeners to, that can to pick against us, and we want you to beat us. Now, if you beat us, I think over time we're going to come up with some sort of prize or something like that. I think we're fairly confident that we're going to win. Um, it'll just be straight NFL picks. So I will post that on Twitter and on Facebook. I will get all that information out there, and um, we want as many people you can to join in. It's going to be free. It's just going to be something to do against us. It'll be fun. You know, if you beat us a couple weeks, write on our Twitter right on our Facebook. Talk a little bit of smack. We'll, we'll shout you out on the show. I think that we're going to destroy absolutely all of you out there, so there probably won't be much smack to be talked. It'll be mostly us talking back to you. 
but we want to do that. So look out on our Facebook, Over the Line Sports Podcast. Look out on our Twitter, at OTL Sports Pod. That will be posted probably in the next day or two with uh, some sort of username or password, I would imagine. I'll have all that posted. It's going to be a public league. We want as many people to join as possible. I think it'll be a fun thing to do with our listeners. I agree. That will be a lot of fun. We also have a, I think I told you about this new listener, Jeremy, that uh, wants to get in on one of our, I think it might have been our golf league next year or maybe one of our football leagues. I'll have to let you know. Well, football said, starts now, so. Well, I'm, you know DraftKings? what I'm saying. No, the, yes, the DraftKings, I'm sorry. So uh, we'll see what he wants to do. I know he's listening, so just let me know again, and uh, we'll get you in there. So, as always, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Bye. 1 in 15.